Hello, salutations. What it do is stop the gamer off father do our game to Bob's like scrap. Let's get it. Happy Friday. It is once again time for the after show podcast. I am joined by my co-host Jay Shockblast with a casual Avenger currently eating deep dish somewhere in Chicago, so he can't make it right now, but we're gonna hold it down. What's up, Mr. Blast? Uh, you know, uh much better place than I was this time last week. <laughs> I bet. Let's tell you, uh, uh, the good boy is uh, Thor is just back to himself. So, dodged a bullet, um, but I am not going to lie. Uh, I am struggling a little bit with it um, because I can't like stop looking at him and just seeing what I saw. I mean, yeah, <laughs> kind of hard to see that. Yeah, but it's it's getting a little easier, and he's he's really like back to himself. He wasn't himself for the first couple of days, and and now he's doing good. So okay. I'm trying to like just work it all out, but you know, it was it was tough. So we're doing a little bit better though. Unfortunately, my wife is on school vacation, so I'm stuck with her for a week. Nothing worse than being stuck with the wife. Am I right? <laughs> right. Am I right? Am I right? Hey. <laughs> no. Okay. We we love women here. Uh what's up, what's up, uh Eastwood? First one here. Uh beat beat everyone else to it. Uh for those that missed it last week, uh Thor our best boy had a little bit of a health emergency, but he is on the men and everything is is good right now. And uh, speak, speaking of, make sure you go support the homie Jay Shockblast if you love Thor. I'm going to put that in the chat as well. You're going to be able to uh, pick up your own plushie. If you I, want. I thank you so much for uh, obviously uh, supporting. Uh, oh, absolutely. I need I need that for my uh, home office. I know. I You know what? Honestly, like... I my I just want my mom to have one. Like really, like I've got this one. If if it doesn't end up going through, I'll just give it to her uh, and get it back eventually. But uh, yeah, I I honestly I, that's really all I want. It's it's tough. I think that's another thing that kind of like messes with the brain right now. Is that like you see this number two hundred, and it seems so far away. Yeah. And it's like, how am I going to get there? I'm not going to get there. I'm never going to get there. And it's like, I don't want to like, I can't be mad at anybody because it's, it's 30 bucks is a lot these days, you know? And I think it's cool. I hope people like me enough to think it's cool, but I get it if people don't want it. So, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do what we can, you know? And, okay. uh, regardless, try. regardless, Regardless, I'll show I'll show them off when I get mine, but you should definitely get on making a shirt. Uh what's up? What's up, uh Omar? Appreciate you and watching the webhead videos. Speaking of, we're gonna definitely be uh talking about the webhead. That's gonna be our first topic. In fact, because there was some hoopla and even as we speak, Lejeune decided to uh take his cue from <laughs> from uh Twitter and start some spider-man drama by uh by making up a fake rumor <laughs> people are uh understandably uh 
reacting exactly how they're reacting exactly how you think. So let's just uh, jump right right into our first story. Uh, Spider-Man Two may have a may have that Ratchet and Clank dimension shift feature. So this blew up uh, everywhere for. It, I, and the video I made about it blew up as well. You know, shameless plug. Go watch that if you haven't already. It's at about forty-six thousand views by now in the, only a few days. Appreciate you all for supporting it on over the main channel. But uh, an industry insider, and I'm using air quotes, but he is—he is some kind of industry person. But are you? <laughs> gamer? Yeah, I don't know how credible he is in terms of. Very, very, very much old school yeah. and very insider, especially on PlayStation side. Actually follows me on Twitter. Does he? I've met him many times. So, so this is, so yeah, this is what we kind of, I've kind of looked into my video and what you were debating. So basically hip hop gamer, for those who don't know, he's, he's a old, old school, very much, you know, hip old school hip hop type of, type of a dude. He. He uh, does a lot of. He works for Hot 97, he, which is one of the biggest hip hop media outlets in the country. He does, you know, a lot of celebrity interviews. He also is in the gaming space. He'll do interviews with developers and everything like that. And in the past, he's made predictions about stuff. So he he made a video a year ago saying that he was hearing some stuff was going to be in Spider Man 2, mainly. A potential multiplayer function, not traditional co-op, like you would expect, like a Gotham Knights, for instance. But the way he described it sounded more like closer to what Ghost of Tsushima did with their game, where they dropped the single player first and then they had a separate multiplayer thing later down the line. He also mentioned that they may be using and reworking the, the dimension shift feature, which they introduced in Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, where which allowed you to basically go and travel in between different dimensions, which implied that maybe they might be going with the Spider-Verse storyline or, you know, the whole multiverse angle and and exploring that. He also mentioned the possibility of a playable Venom being being there. So the video didn't do much, but then he posted on Twitter basically recapping some of the stuff he talked about in the video and it went and it went viral because that's what happens literally anytime you post something on spider-man twitter about spider-man 2 and make it sound authoritative everybody immediately runs with it and everybody indeed ran with it and surprisingly there was a lot of backlash towards insomniac because a bunch of people all of a sudden are saying that actually they're tired of the multiverse and would hate the game if Insomniac did that. And they're also called into question the credibility of Hip Hop Gamer, because obviously you should never take leaks as gospel <laughs> if, if it's not coming from someone, if it's not direct, if it's not like a leaked screenshot or something, like verifiably something that you could see. If it's just some person saying a thing, <laughs> don't don't take that at face value definitely don't blame insomniac for it that's weird <laughs> and make it is really annoying i'm really getting tired of people coming at insomniac for no reason but uh jay kind of vouches for him 
he doesn't do a lot of he's no Jeff Grubb, he's no Tom Henderson, he's no even Miller even in terms of how often he does, you know, these game these in-depth game predictions. I did do some digging. He apparently he has apparently gotten a lot of stuff wrong, but he's got some stuff right as well. So 100% take this with a grain of salt. But what do you think of this whole madness, Jay? Because you know hip hop game more than I do. Yeah. So like, I'm not like uh, I just put a picture from uh, Pax East in the in the chat. Um, but uh, I don't know him know him super well. But like, I've like going back to when I did like analog hype uh, well before my YouTube channel. Um, like he's somebody <laughs> that uh, we we interacted with a lot back then um he so he's been around for a really long time he's always been like a playstation guy you really know everybody <laughs> i do i have a few pictures with him but uh yeah there we are right there <laughs> um but yeah um so he actually back when ps3 i don't remember everything about ps3 but there was something on ps3 that was like a hub or something like that like where you would go in it was like your own little world or something mm. and he had like an actual like official channel on it so like he's definitely old school he's definitely been around a long time and he was very popular like in his time and obviously he's still doing a lot the devs love him he walks around with that belt everywhere yeah <laughs> and like that's his, that's his thing and everybody gets their picture with the belt so like he definitely knows people um does he get stuff wrong sure um have i always loved hip-hop gamer no because especially back then uh he was one of those people that would not really like acknowledge his relationship with companies hmm. and like he would like i think he's mellowed out a lot since then because we're all younger 12 12 13 years ago and uh the, the industry has changed but like like he had a, a a business relationship with sony and he he never disclosed that and that was like the issue that i always had interesting because he was like he would like kind of go after xbox hard and it's like but dude you get paid by sony i mean you know to be fair uh, lbox is a, is going to lbox so <laughs> but was not the same but anyway um so regardless i i mean i i trust i trust that he knows people and he knows things he used to do like he used to be part of a big podcast with people that don't really do much today and i think he did a lot with uh, the gamer tag radio people which is um has kind of blown up to be uh he hosted the xbox thing why can't i think of his name uh godfrey and uh you know what i'm talking about gilbert godfrey uh, no, no no godfrey g-o-d-f-r-e-e -E. uh that's his Not ringing about. and then there's and you know khalif adams like ka can't cook that guy mm. uh why can't i think of his name boomer um hold on, hold on. i'm sure he's you know you'll know exactly who i'm talking about um if i ever think of it but uh yeah anyway um but yeah like he he ran circles with them so like yeah i i totally get it um and i i just feel like 
kids today, like these, the Twitter crowd, if you will. Kids these days. They're just bitch about everything. Of course. You know? And I'm kind of over it at this point. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, Twitter definitely uh, took it and ran with it. <laughs> there, there were people saying Insomniac was overrated and, and all this other nonsense, all because of this rumor. Now, Paris, that's his name. Paris Vicious six nine six. Now, personally, personally, I don't, I don't, I don't care. And here's a, here's another picture of Jay and Hip Hop ga- Gamer for those that missed it. Now, personally, I trust Insomniac because they're Insomniac. Yeah. But would you be obviously a playable Venom, a multiplayer function, no brainer. If you don't like that, you know, reevaluate yourself because you failed somewhere but the multiverse would you be okay if the multiverse angle was true with the whole dimension hopping and the multiverse storyline instead of kind of the more grounded experience we were expecting about venom and craven it's not what i want okay but listen like i I, I'll take whatever they give me because they're so good at what they do. I It's not the direction I want them to go, especially in the second game. Mm-hmm. But I would, I, ju- I would like a more grounded game. I would... Honestly, I want just basically an expansion to Spider-Man 1, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's good enough for me. And I think people have unreasonable expectations. Uh, um, Shocking. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I feel like we've already done the multiverse stuff with Spider-Man, like Shattered Dimensions and stuff like that. So I'm also with Spider-Man. I don't I don't know if you saw my tweet just as the show went live, but Marvel today announced that uh, Nightcrawler is also now Spider-Man uh, for the X-Men. Yes, night there he has a Spider-Man suit and everything. Um, and it's like I'm kind of at a point with Spider-Man where Peter Parker is Spider-Man to me. All right. Like, I feel like they've devalued Big Spider-Man. <laughs> exactly. Right. You know, so like, I feel like they've just devalued Spider-Man and like, I understand why they started doing it because they were in that rights battle with Sony for so long. And now even Steve Ditko's estate is trying to like constantly sue them uh, for the rights and stuff like that. So but now it's like literally Oprah throwing, you can be Spider-Man, you can be Spider-Man, you're a Spider-Man. Like we're, we're at the point where Nightcrawler is gonna be Spider-Man. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> just over it, you know? Like I, I'm fine with Miles, I'm fine with Spider-Gwen, I'm fine with, you know, 2099. Like I get like this small little group of them, but I just wish they all had their own identity because Peter Parker, is spider-man he will always be spider-man and everybody else is exists because of him and like i feel like that's less special now than it used to be because now it just turns into a fight of well like who cares about peter i like miles and that's fine i'm okay with that but like peter is still spider-man you know so i i wanted a spider-man story i don't want to dig into multi i hate multiverses period you know what i mean like so it's just kind of like i i would rather that but like i'm not gonna throw a hissy fit over it you know if that's what we get i'm sure it's gonna be amazing 
and I'm sure we'll find a way to love it and enjoy it. And I just wish more people would shut the fuck up and just <laughs> let the game come out. Please, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, yeah, like, I, I actually completely agree, except for the rape rampant bigotry uh everyone and everyone is spider-man how dare you <laughs> Will, wheelchair spider-man gay spider every everyone's fine everyone's spider like it's not even just spider-man anymore they're doing it with everybody have you seen they're like doing it with captain america like now like everybody is there's captain america for everybody yeah there's, yeah like, yeah, it's, it's like it's cowboy Spider-Man. There's this whole mantle thing that Marvel's doing, part, partially because they're creatively bankrupt, partially yeah. because they're trying to appeal to Twitter, and partially because they're trying to dick over copyright holders, <laughs> not <laughs> not give the royalties. Yeah, and it really does come down to that, and it's it's unfortunate because like I I really feel like it's a tough spot. Like, why would you? want to write for marvel comics and create characters for them because yeah sure you can live the rest of your life like brian michael bendis hangs his hat on i created miles morales and like that is something that's always associated with him but he doesn't own the rights to it you know and like yeah sure he carries that everywhere and like that's gonna be his you know what we all remember him by ain't gonna, ain't, ain't gonna pay your bills though <laughs> and it's like there has to be like if you are expecting these people to create for you there has to be some equity i guess i don't know what the right word i'm looking for that, is that would be like, the that would be the legal term well not not equity the way you know twitter right weirdos on twitter use it but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know we're not talking about esg score equity we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about financial equity you know, yeah. you know, given, 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 or points like they say in the business on, on uh your on your work so that when you it gets used in a movie or a show or anything like that, you can you can get yourself a nice little check. DC by comparison is a lot better than Marvel in that regard because they are not actively trying to screw every artist out of their ro royalty. So there are a lot of there are a lot of artists with DC who get really large paychecks whenever DC adapts some some of their work, whereas Marvel is going out of their way to make sure to make sure that doesn't happen. And I think that's part of the I think that's part of the quality drop we've seen because you're if you're if you're a talented artist, what would you rather do? Do your own thing and crowdfund and probably have some a lot of success if you're you know good especially if you dive into the into the culture war or get with marvel and get paid nothing <laughs> literally in in some cases <laughs> and, and deal with the the constant bureaucracy like it's not it's not worth it if you're if you're trying to get into the business it would be better for you to go dc or hell do manga or webcomic yeah i don't know the ins and outs of that uh the only i i know that like there are people that crowdfund stuff and i feel like it's hard obviously everything's hard oh, worse. and like i know that like ethan van skyver um who very famously in the you know 
early 2000s like 2000s 2010s earlier um he was the big it artist for like the flash Mm. and uh green lantern stuff like that um actually one of the first people we interviewed on my channel um but he got like he's become like kind of a maga guy and he got super canceled and he's like all right fine i'll just go make money on my own and he bought he like has his old thing called cyber frog that he brought to life i, I remember yeah. I, I yeah i heard about cyber yeah the, the whole the whole there, there's a lot of language like say what you want but the, the whole comic gate people they're making bread they're making bread over there <laughs> a cyber frog is huge <laughs> as a matter of fact i think cyber frog i think uh either van skyver is the comic gate guy basically yeah I think he i think he actually owns the copyright to it like literally um <laughs> yeah. and i've always i've always followed him because i love him i love his art like and, and, and you're and you're a bigot <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't i don't love everything that he says obviously there's a lot of people like that um but like i'll never forget the fact that he gave me the time of the day when i was nobody okay like literally maybe a thousand subscribers on my youtube channel and you know we're at this little wizard con remember wizard magazine they had like uh it evolved into something else um but uh, they had like wizard con in boston and granted he sat there and, and drew the entire time but he he spent 15 minutes with us and answered all our questions all our stupid questions and like I will never forget that because like he did that at a time where he was at the top and we were literally nobody and he didn't have to do that. He was very busy. He was doing commissions um, and we were just fans of his work, you know? Um, but yeah, he, he's been super successful with cyber frog. Um, I actually backed his very first one. So I have it. Um, I haven't gotten any of the stuff since, but I just see that like, cause I, because I follow him and he's always fighting with somebody um including people i like a lot um it's it's interesting that i've kind of kept up with how some people struggle to do that and so i don't know man but like at the end of the day i do think he got in good with dc so whenever they're doing that green lantern flash stuff i do think he's getting those checks oh yeah oh yeah he is (laughs) yeah so um he is he is doing he's he's the outlier i think i don't I don't know if there's much in between though. And it does honestly seem like a lot of the more MAGA people that like crowdsource their comics are the like the that side of comics gate, if you will, are the ones that are more successful. That's that's actually uh, that's actually a fact. Like yeah. <laughs> because because the, the problem is because we're so polarized, the the culture war has has made it so that people are super sensitive about when it comes to that sort of thing so like if you're if you're someone who's like on the left side of the culture war then you can get some attention if you you know go if you go well you know screw you guys i'm gonna i'm gonna make my i'm gonna make my my uh black my black trans wheelchair bound Spider Man, Spider Spider Person comic, and and you know, uh, unfortunately, that side of the aisle doesn't spend money on on comics or anything. It's really true because, like, every time, 
and I, I I go back to Jane Foster with this, okay? Because I the, the one of the biggest problems I always had with Jane Foster was just the name, okay? And the way they announced her, they announced her on the View, okay? They went on the View where and Jay, where there's women and Jay hates women, right? <laughs> and and oh look, it's she, it's Thor. She's a, Thor's a girl now. Look, oh yay, Thor's a girl, and like they didn't nobody bought it like it's not attracting new people and it's been proven time and time again that every time they do these things it's not successful but you know what people want they want x-men comics okay because those x-men comics sell through the roof x people x people sir people <laughs> right well remember remember when they actually considered not calling them x-men and then found out real quick uh yes you will <laughs> so but like but that's my that's my issue is that like they they want to score all these like twitter points and everything and like those people aren't buying comics they okay do, they do not the same people are still the ones walking into the comic shop and picking up their books it's just a fact and i understand it's okay to try to like cater to different people i have no problem with like there being a diverse group of characters my thing has always been you have to create new interesting characters you can't just pass the uniform off and say diversity <laughs> they'll, they'll keep trying they're not selling but they'll keep trying yeah, the, the real, what we're seeing is like the best thing you can do is either don't play the culture war just make something good that's just on its own merits or play to the right side of the culture war and get that and get that right wing grift on that's the best that we saw that we, we saw that with mario mario doesn't go doesn't dive into the culture war at all it, it became a culture war piece anyway but they it was it was a movie that caters specifically to the fans like it respected the fans tons of fan service they did you know they put it out no they don't beat you over the head with their politics just a fun movie for kids and fans of the mario series and it's destroying everything marvel has done the last <laughs> the last several I months it. yeah i saw it i saw it earlier this week with my brother and i didn't really know what to expect i'm i i mean obviously i grew up with mario you know like i played all the games growing up and everything back on the nes um and i thought it was wonderful i i really enjoyed it I, there's not a single thing that i would care to care to complain about like nothing like it was just a fun movie yeah i had no interest in the movie in particular because it's like eh, whatever but i just find it funny how everyone is just kind of just make is using it to just dunk on marvel and stuff and disney it's <laughs> just like no this is this isn't rocket science you don't you don't have to play politics. In fact, it's better if you don't. <laughs> like it is it is weird that that despite how aggressive they are on Twitter, the the left rarely seems to support all these causes. It's so it's so it's so weird. Like why why aren't more people I feel like the only one that's gets that gets support is Miles Morales and that's and that's because the projects not not the comics, those haven't been doing that well but the spider-man the miles morales game uh the spider-verse films they 
it's, it's like i think that's all i think that's the I, I, actually i think that's why i think we it miles miles is exactly the example of why the comics didn't hit people but the game did and the spider-verse movie did and i think it's because the spider-verse movie was incredible and the game was also incredible and both well, the the movie what didn't beat you over the head with politics at all the game uh, a little bit but not not aggressive not over overtly so like not not to the point where it's like come on you know but if you just make something quality and don't try to lecture your audience and and just beat them over the head one way or another then you're you're gonna do well like top gun i finally got around to seeing top gun maverick and on it was on amazon for free it is an incredible movie like it's not and it, it's not you know a lot of people on the right were you know talk were bringing up you know top gun maverick like yeah take that woke but it's not it's not a political it's not it's a not it's not an overtly political movie it's it's a movie that just respects the audience like it's just really well made really well acted it's a, it's a great it's a great story it all i did was just make a really good uh military movie that doesn't overtly hate america and <laughs> doesn't force its politics down your throat it's just a good movie and people responded by giving it billion <laughs> or a billion dollars <laughs> like it's it crazy funny funny because it was like um it was kind of a joke for a while how long you know they waited to put it out yeah. because it was it was right for a while and then covid happened like i remember like the chat i love the challenge okay which was like uh the it's on mtv i don't know if you guys don't know about it. it's like it started as road rule versus I heard, uh, the real i heard a challenge i've never watched an episode but i know what it is <laughs> yeah like my wife got me into it and now i just it's like one of my favorite shows to watch and like like five seasons ago they had actors from top gun maverick <laughs> on the show because they thought it was about to come out and they did like a whole episode where they did something like top gun maverick challenge theme and then like the movie didn't even come out so like they started the advertising process and then they're like no nah, we're gonna wait and <laughs> and they banked on the theaters coming back mm-hmm. and then boom you know it it like a very personal movie uh to me you know obviously uh, but um it's funny that you mentioned that though because i went to lunch with my mom today uh because she had to get her tires switched uh on her car and she keeps her like tires when she's not the one she's not using in my garage and um we're sitting at lunch and she's like i think i accidentally bought top gun maverick or the like <laughs> so she was in New England three decker, and the second floor is like my cousins and her kids and stuff, and like they were messing around with the Roku. She's like, I think Mikey bought Top Gun Maverick, so I finally just watched it. I'm like, no, no, it's on Amazon Prime. You're good. So anyway, I just told that story because you mentioned it. It's it, on- it was a, it was a surprisingly great movie. Like I like I watched the original years ago I, when i was a kid it was fine <laughs> but when i heard about it i was like oh a, a sequel I, I don't care about so i don't care about this movie danger zone I, I, whatever you know but i was blown i was sitting i i didn't see it in the imax 
I didn't see I didn't see it. I was I was in I was in my living room and I was just watching it and I was literally just on the edge of my seat. <laughs> like when like that just from that that opening scene where where he where the where the guy comes in to try to shut down the program and he's like, "Well, you got it." And and he said and he tells Maverick they t- basically Maverick has to what was it? He has to break Mach 5, Mach 8. No, was, was like no, he had to, no, he had to, yeah, they had to go like Mach ten or something yeah. like that, and and that whole scene, I was literally on the, I was like, oh, <laughs> this is this is uh, it was unbelievable. I was like, this, how is this so good? This is is infinitely better than the first one. <laughs> yeah, so like, I mean, I've shared this story before. The first one is so personal to me because, like, you know, my dad was an air traffic controller in the Marine Corps, and. You know, he had been stationed in Japan for a year and he came back with and the first thing that we did, he like set up his home theater system that he brought back, you know, massive speakers and, you know, everything. And we watched Top Gun at full blast. And like, I just always love that movie. Danger Zone was always my dad's <laughs> tone. So now I hear Danger Zone anywhere and my heart skips a beat, you know? So like, because like for dec- over a decade, my dad's ringtone, you know? So it's just such a personal thing for me. Uh, growing up on a Marine Corps air base, going into the tower, going into the radar room, seeing all these planes. Uh, so yeah, man, like very, very cool movie. And I'm, I'm so thrilled because I feel like, you know, I, I like things a lot. I give things, I think I enjoy stuff a little bit more than you because I turn my brain off a little bit yeah. <laughs> and, and um, I'm, I'm thrilled that you enjoyed it so much because it, like, well, it depends, it depends on the thing. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. you, you, you enjoy mediocrity more than me because my brain starts running and I'm, and I'm like, Oh, I, I start noticing things. I'm like, Oh, that's stupid. <laughs> but <laughs> wrong. I do have that about certain things, but I think I'm just at a point where I'm like, you know, I've always wanted this stuff to be so readily available. And, um, you know, and now it is. Oh, why am I so out of focus? Weirdly, when I think of danger, when I hear danger zone, I think of Archer. Because <laughs> that's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like his thing. But yeah, I, I'm just like, I can, like, I can turn my brain off and to, an, to a degree. But, <laughs> but I definitely can't. You're, you're right, Jeff. I can jab mind tricks. I can be a little elite elitist when it, i'm not i'm not one of those like people who only like watch the oscar bait you know i'm not one of those those people like i i want to i want a good i want to watch a good movie and and a good story it's just because i'm i'm a critic and a writer i notice a lot of things that maybe the average moviegoer wouldn't because you know i'm familiar with story structure and everything like that so when i so when i see something that is out of place or i or i hear something in the story was like oh that makes no sense at all then (laughs) then it kind of then it kind of takes me out of the whole of the whole experience to it to a degree like i can i can still enjoy something but it it, if it gets too bad then i'm just like now i'm out (laughs) like I, I, i i can't i can't sit sit through it if i if i'm in a theater then it is what it is but if I'm if I'm at home and I'm and I'm watching something, and 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 it it hits too many of my this is stupid triggers, like because because there's because there's so much content available, 
I've had to make it so I had to force myself to be like, okay, I need to be more choosy with my with my time. So I'm I've trained myself to kind of know when to bail <laughs> rather than try to force myself just to finish it. Cause you know, you, you'll fight that feeling where he's like, well, I don't, I'm not really enjoying myself, but I, I, I started it and I want to see how it ends. I'm like, now nah, if I know this is not going anywhere, I'm just going to bail. <laughs> I feel that, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, I guess it's different because I like to go to the theater, you know, it's expensive obviously, but like, I like to see big movies in the theater with my huge bucket of popcorn and you know i feel so i feel you i do now now that now that i uh got some uh time and and cash i might go see uh john wick the last one because I, I i'm a unapologetic john wick fan those mo the movies are stupid but they're amazing <laughs> hey. i love I, I love them so i think i'm a uh, go go see the the last one because I'm a big fan of the series and I might I might even see the spinoff depending on how how the trailers are are looking. I'm not huge theater person, but I do enjoy I do enjoy the experience depending on the movie. It's just like eh, it, it just depends on it just depends on on what it is like to me the whole event film. Is kind of eh. like I, the last time I went to a theater and like had like that event feel was probably the Dragon Ball Broly movie. Like, and before that, it was like Endgame, probably. But I feel like it's not the same, especially with the, how much Marvel has fallen off. Like, the uh, Knowing Home 2 was pretty lit in theaters, but I feel like there's just not a lot of movies dropping nowadays where I'm like, I need, I need to see that in the theater. I have a group, um, like my brother, my buddy, madman, my buddy, Yid, the four of us, there was a fifth person for a while. Like we'll, we used to like go to like all those movies, like night one. And there's been a few times where it, it I'll never just forget like walking out and just the, like, um, not end game. Uh, what was the one before uh, Infinity War? Like when we all came out of Infinity War, just like that feeling of like, holy shit, what just happened? You know, and <laughs> yeah. the, all of us just standing there. And, and another one, The Last Jedi. When we walked oh, out of The Last Jedi, all of us hated it. And I didn't like, I sat there the whole movie and I'm like, I wonder what they're thinking right now. And like, we're all big Star Wars nerds. And we're gonna walk out of this and i'm i think this sucks like great visual movie stupid story okay and um and we just walked out and like all of us like hated it and it's just like i i love that feeling you know hate, and as we hate bring you together <laughs> you know like but um you know there's been lots of movies like that where we just you know you you go you see it you're surrounded by people i always talk about um my justice league experience I got to see Justice League um, at like an early screening. Flexing coming. Uh, no, I just I knew somebody <laughs> that hooked me up with. Uh, they they had like it was like a Mastercard reward or something, and it was like an advanced screening in Boston, and 
I drove out there to see it, and it was just super hardcore DC fans. It was a huge theater, packed, okay? And, like, people were cheering the whole movie. <laughs> people were going nuts. Like, you know that opening scene when you see, like, the Green Lanterns fighting mm. and, and stuff? Like, people were just losing their mind. So, like, that was my Justice League experience. And, like, I'll never forget seeing it and people just going nuts over it. You know what I mean? And and that is not the Justice League experience for most people. You it, know? Was, it was not. <laughs> it, was def- it was definitely not. I, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not a, a prime rib lobster guy. I wish, I wish I could afford a prime rib and lobster but my, my theater my local theater isn't that fancy you know i mean they have some good they have some good options you know a little you know get some you get some sliders they got ribs they got mac they got mac and cheese <laughs> simple man i go to the theater all right the theater that we have is it's kind of newish it's about about 20 years old or so maybe 15 20 years old and um it has like one of the like super fancy theater rooms with the reclining seats and everything and um like the the screen is good it's it's not like anything spectacular um but i go i get like a big old thing of popcorn great bargain they make you butter your own popcorn now i fucking hate it (laughs) okay because i want like like i would go up and be like okay yeah can you layer the pop the the butter so they would put in a, a small scoop butter put in another scoop butter shake it up loves them some and butter. it was all perfectly layered now i gotta make a huge mess and i have no like i am i'm usually like the type like when we go to bre- like every saturday my wife and i go to breakfast and i'll be like sitting there like cleaning the table and stacking everything up nicely for them like when i get when i'm doing the butter like i don't even care man you get butter uh the popcorn everywhere you can clean that shit up all right, you made me do this. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's cra- oh. crazy that Jay Moneybags goes to such a peasant theater. I, I yeah. my theater, my theater. I wouldn't wouldn't even dream of letting us butter my own popcorn. I press a button, and a a, a theater attendant brings it to me. Extra butter. <laughs> I mean, do that. I, I, there might be a way to do that, but I don't. I don't like. I I cannot imagine at this point. And that's that's how spoiled I am. I cannot imagine going to a movie theater and standing in line for my own food, let alone buttering my own popcorn, especially with how expensive that there is. I'm going to press a button and you're going to bring me my food. (laughs) Yeah, that's my only I I almost (laughs) stopped going there because of it. But there's really like it's really the closest one. And. I didn't feel like driving the extra to go to the other one that's yeah. a little bit further away. Plus, they have Pepsi, and I'm a Coke guy. See, I'm, so see, I'm the see, I'm the opposite. I don't drink soda, so I'll, I'll have to worry about that nonsense. But my my convenient theater with the button is super close. But the 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 bigger theater, the AMC with the better seats, is a lot further. But they don't have the button. They, <laughs> they you know they you got to get your own stuff. So, I, I, fa- I favor my local one, not not just because it's close, but it has that extra convenience. If I did want to get some some theater food, which I think is important, I very rarely um, 
go to IMAX because the closest IMAX is in Providence, oh, yeah. Rhode Island. Oh, yeah. I'm nowhere near an IMAX. It'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's like 45 miles away. We did go see the Batman at IMAX. I don't remember why, but we did. Um, and I, I tried to try to link up with Tricks Ridiculous, but he was like, nah, I'm going to go have steak. Of course, of course. My food. He is. He is a. He is a foodie. <laughs> Talk about elitist. Tricks ridiculous. <laughs> with his. With his. With his constant Instagram food photos. Hey, listen. Whatever makes you happy. Uh, it looks delicious. So I can't. I can't knock oh, the, yeah. the man. The man loves fine dining. Can't. Can't uh, knock the hustle. <laughs> I can't, I'm. I'm not. I'm not complaining about it. So we had a. So we had another. Uh, superhero story that unfortunately had uh, social media going crazy but not as much as the Spider-Man thing because this was expected in fact I made a video about it a month ago and it, it happened exactly like I said it would uh, sh- shout out to Jeff Grubb so so your company Suicide to WB <laughs> uh, they, they uh, had officially announced that shocking suicide squad kid of just league is delayed not just delayed but not coming out this year at all so jeff grubbs initial reporting that this was a much longer delay and was going to be 2024 ended up coming true now they said this was now they made it sound like this was like polishing or something minor but we're definitely hearing i mean obviously immediately we knew you know you don't do nine months for minor polishing that's a huge delay, and we're also and we and we also got a a report from another insider that one of the things that they're looking to rework is the always online feature. So while the core of the game, they say it's not going to be overhauled because nine months is a long time, but it's not long enough to do a major core overhaul. It looks like they definitely saw the backlash from the state of play. And decided that they need to pivot and and fix some stuff up, which is now you're now you're uh, on the payroll. So do you have any insight into into this J Shock class? I, I I purposely don't ask about it to be honest with you because <laughs> I don't want to ever put anybody in a bad spot. So, um, but I think like I, I'm just so tired of Twitter to be honest with you because like these people bitched. Uh, oh, about all these things, okay? And so they're like, oh, damn, okay, well, okay, well, we're not going to do that now. So let's pause, fix it, and we'll get back to you. <laughs> and now people are like, but what? You're you're delaying it? <laughs> like, and it's like, like seriously, dude, like, like I guarantee you they're going to come back and people are going to be like, they could come back and it could just be an all Batman game now. And they'd be like, "Okay, but we wanted Superman." No, and then they'd oh, no. Be, no, they would definitely no. They all Superman game, and they'd be like, "Well, is it 8K and 120 frames per second? No, they would definitely dick ride if it was Batman <laughs> for, for for sure. Now they would complain about the actual game, just like they did with Arkham Knight, if it wasn't to their exact liking. But later on on the line, they would pretend it's the greatest game ever. But you know, that's just how the the Arkham stands are. <laughs> don't get it man like i the game's gonna come out and it's gonna be what it is does it matter if it's in may or if it's in february just get it right 
Like, aren't we at a point where we've seen this enough? We've we've seen this movie enough times to know that just get it right, okay? And when it comes out, it comes out. Like, don't act like you're not gonna have plenty of other stuff to play. Like, I just I don't get it. Like, go go do your four seventh playthrough of Spider Man. It definitely ruined my superhero uh, plans this year because I was planning on making. I was planning on a lot of Spider-Man 2 and Suicide Squad Kill Justice League content for the channel. Uh, I wanted Suicide Squad in particular to replace Avengers on my channel. But now I'm stuck. The only superhero games left are Spider-Man 2 and that mobile game that that's uh, that just dropped in New Zealand. <laughs> the- dog water Mar- marvel go <laughs> I am very very down on niantic in general right now they're ruining my life yeah i, lo- like, I, I was looking at it, i was like pokemon, yeah. go is, pokemon go is probably like in the last year or maybe even two probably the game i've played the most i really just enjoy it because i i it kind of like we all have our our, our thing and like for me collecting is what like scratches my itch if you will like clearly I, it like, it's like a mental thing like you know like you have people that are hoarders like for me i like the hunt like that's always been like what i loved about collecting like yeah look yeah, at look you, at your room behind you <laughs> so. exactly the, but like i can order okay like this is the the one that i was chasing for a while right here espion okay this is the newest uh ev uh evolution funko pop that came out and i i ended up ordering it online eventually but not before i spent like a couple weeks going to literally every store trying to find it because it's so much more fun to like find it instead of just pressing a button and ordering it online and like not many people are that way many there are a lot of people that are just like oh i'll just order it online no big deal you know what i mean yeah so like me oh. for me <laughs> But for me, the hunt is part of the enjoyment. Like, my brother's down in Jacksonville, Florida right now um, for a wedding. His his roommates uh, that he was living with before he moved back up here, they're getting married. And, like, he's sending me pictures. He's just going to, like, he's literally driving around everywhere, going to all the comic shops, going to all the uh, video game stores and stuff. And just sending me pictures of the cool stuff he's finding and like i think he bought like uh hold on i he bought um he found for like 20 bucks uh old uh, he bought x-men legends on ps2 love that game and uh, he found ultimate spider-man i think it's sealed for playstation 2 139.99 um and what was the other one he picked up uh oh justice league heroes on xbox for like 15 bucks this, this, sounds, and, and this, like, this sounds like a great vlog if, if you if you want yeah. to put put that together it really is like it's just a matter of like you know going around everywhere and like oh this is cool i want this for my collection you know what i mean and and that's just the way we've always been it's always been about the hunt you know so like that's what pokemon go does for me because like it's like oh i want to find all the shinies i want to get all, all catch them all and like this new Marvel version of that does not do that at all for me. I, I I have zero doubt I'll try it for like 10 seconds, hate it, and never play it again. I, I'm still waiting for gameplay. I don't know exactly what it is. I know you create you create your own you create your own character 
and I mean the characters I've seen created are look horrific, but <laughs> you're kind of mixing and matching assets from the different Marvel characters. But you're like, what you're like fighting is kind of looks like a like an RP like an action RPG, but it's augmented reality. It's it's weird, but yeah, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm probably not gonna dive too much into it, but maybe if uh when it once it is available on Android, I may give it a shot. But eh, I'm not. It's not something that I'm looking forward to on the channel, and because I'm yeah, I'm a console guy. But now that Suicide Squad is gone, <laughs> it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a uh, rough it's a very stupid company okay like they make crystal dynamic like look smart okay <laughs> here's why they're ruining my life right now okay so they have these things called raids that you do in pokemon and what they want you to do is leave your house go to a very specific geographical location where there is a gym and a raid is happening and do it there Okay, but because of the pandemic, they created these things called remote raid passes where you didn't have to be there. People could invite you and you could do them remotely. And it was a smash success. There are nights where I'm bored and I just want to lay on my couch and watch something. And I'll sit there. There's an app called Poke Genie where you can jump in and like say, I want to do an Eevee raid and it'll put you in a queue. And when it's your turn, It'll give you somebody's code that's doing the raid. You send them a friend request. They invite you to the raid. Super cool. Like, that's I've done good. raids all over the world because of it. All right. So last week, they decided, well, you know what? We really want people to go back out into the world again and, and get out and walk around and do this. So we're going to start charging more for the remote raid passes. They were 100 poke coins. Now they're 195. Okay, and on top of that, you can only do five a day. Now, I know what you're saying. You're saying, wait a second. They raised the price, but also limited how often you can do it. Yeah, that sounds stupid. stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And let <laughs> me tell you, if you go to the Pokemon Go Twitter and literally click on any single post, that they've made since then it looks like like avengers at play avengers has never ever <laughs> ever looked so like civil like it makes play avengers twitter look civil like Holy. these people are rioting in the streets and i'll tell you this okay poke genie i, I tweeted about this yesterday like if i long on poke genie right now okay usually oops that's pokemon go. um usually poke genie like there's a bunch of there's like 13 to 15 different raids going on or different pokemon that have raids and uh right now there is literally zero people in queue. <laughs> all, all of them okay you can any pokemon right now you can join a raid immediately I have waited hours to get into some of those raids before, okay? So right now there's a zero queue across the board. Nobody is raiding. There are actually, it's a negative queue because like there are so many trainers, like that's what we call them, that you're called in the game, a trainer. There are so many people that actually want, oh, Jedi Mind Trick, look at that. Um, there are, I'll, I'll let you address oh, that. 
while you catch up. Um, there are so many people that are sitting at some geographical location waiting to get people to join them so they can actually do the raid that are just waiting because nobody is doing them. So it's just stupid. Anyway. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jedi Montrix, for the 10 gifted. We gotta we gotta give him a round of applause for that one. Appreciate you, Jedi Montrix. But yeah, that sounds that's probably stupider than everything Crystal Dynamics has ever done. Right, <laughs> so let people keep doing them. Do you not like money? Like I I I'm not even joking when uh when Rayquaza came out in the raid i didn't have rayquaza and i really wanted the shiny it's an awesome looking shiny instead of being green it's black and it just looks sick it's like this black dragon basically and i really want to shine i had the worst luck i probably sat there and did 40 raids okay the first night until i finally got one like a raid cost a buck right like if i'm if i'm doing the remote raids it's basically a dollar to do the raid so like I just sat there and gave them 40 bucks that night. I don't do it all the time. <laughs> oh, okay. But like I was that bored night. I was having such bad luck. I'm like, surely the next one I'll get one. I'll definitely get it on the next one. And I just kept doing it. And like, <laughs> what is this? Can you, can you imagine that they were like, nah, we only want seven bucks from you. Keep, keep your 40. What? So not only are you, do you have to pay money to raid? Now they're limiting the amount you can do <laughs> to the point where no one's playing. So you don't like you can get free raid passes for the in-person ones like every day. So like if you go to an in-person raid, I think the first few, it'll give you a free raid pass. But like if you want to do more than that, it's a free to play game. So they're going to make their money somewhere. Of course. But like how how dumb is that like we're now basically doubling the cost of doing a raid but mm, you can't do that many and here's the thing they their communication is to not even worse <laughs> literally literally you know what i mean i mean listen eastwood yeah it's 40 bucks on digital pokemon how many how many skins do i have in fortnite okay like it is what it is. You know what I mean? How many skins does Eastwood have in Fortnite is the question. And Avengers. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, it's really not that big of a deal. But, like, I had fun doing it. Like, I can go spend 40 bucks at a bar. I'd rather spend it in Pokemon, you know? Sure. I, I can go get five drinks at a bar. Or I can, you know, sit on my couch and play Pokemon for an hour while I try to fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. To each their own, you know, that... It's it's uh you got your, everyone's got their hobbies you know and personally I wouldn't want to pay, pay money for a raid in a mobile game but <laughs> I mean like it's, it's the only mobile game I play now like I've I've deleted every other game off my phone it's the only game I play that's a shame and you have, you have, you have terrible this. luck with live service games buddy <laughs> well no I mean listen there have been times where the first raid I get I get a a shiny with the rate i just i had bad luck on rayquaza i don't know like i, I don't know why i don't know why maybe it's how my mind works but when you say shiny it sounds like a slur <laughs> i don't know why i don't know why <laughs> so basically there are uh pokemon to have what's called shinies which is like an alternate look like so sylveon 
All right, here, I can show you this. This is what Sylveon normally looks like. All right, so that's Sylveon. And this is shiny Sylveon. You can see like the colors are a little different and reversed. So, you know, it, it's, and they're rare. They're much rarer to find. Um, so, and I just, I don't know. It's, it's part of the allure of Pokemon, you know? Everybody's always out there shiny hunting. You know, you'll, you'll hear that, you'll hear that term. But it's also inspired uh, what they do in um, uh, the Bigot game, the, the Bigot Wizards, you know? Um, have you ever caught like a slightly different color, like Wooper or something? And you'll see like the three little stars next to their name. It's, it's literally ripped off from Pokemon. They use the same exact symbol for a shiny. And and what are, what are the what are the characteristics of these shinies? Do they? Is, they're just a different color. There's a there's different there's a different color. It's like flopping your edict on the table and saying, "Look at my shiny." Look at these, look at these shinies. You you make the you make the can you make the shinies dance. <laughs> I mean, you can make them your friend. Make your friend your your shiny. Got some. You own own some shinies. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, I ask myself that every single day, Eastwood. Honestly, I really do. These shinies, these, these shinies taking our jobs from from good from good hardworking normal Pokemon. And, you know, the crazy thing is, like, I didn't even get into Pokemon until like honestly, like the last three three years, and it's slowly, like, I slowly get it more now, you know. And one of my favorite things now is that I get to share it with my niece who is like just falling in love with Pokemon and like like today she was mad at me because I didn't bring my Nintendo Switch. You're teaching shiny uh, you're teaching shinies to children, Jay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is what what is it? <laughs> I'm I'm telling Ron DeSantis on you. <laughs> well, could be worse. <laughs> Uh, I've I I literally bailed out on Pokemon without after Nintendo 64. So it's it's just fascinating to me to see you know how it still maintains this popularity despite having such dog water <laughs> consoles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Nintendo owns Pokemon, so they're they're definitely they're, they're definitely they definitely know how to milk it. Can you imagine like a, a Pokemon game on on PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X? Like, oh yeah, you know, I would actually play it. <laughs> I mean, it would just be incredible. But like, it's so stuck. Like, listen, the Switch is good for what it is, but at this point, it's so dated. And I think I experience it even more because like I I stream at fourteen forty p, and it like is upscaling it and it makes it a little bit more washed. I notice it when I play in handheld that it always looks so much better than when I'm like streaming or, or recording on my computer. And obviously the difference between a you know 27 inch monitor upscaling 1080 to 1440 and an eight inch screen at 1080, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I, I know I know exactly what you mean, size queen. <laughs> okay. This is a dick joke, Jay. Uh oh! <laughs> right, right over his head. Acknowledged. <laughs> no, I'm not. I I wish they they would at least have a, a new Nintendo system 
that would be worth considering because I would happily dive back into Nintendo, but I just have zero interest in the Switch and, you know, uh, playing, you know, three Pokemon games a year and, and a breath and another Zelda is just not not really appealing to me. I (laughs) I didn't build it at all. I, I, I bought it and I played it at launch and, uh, just didn't i don't like the idea of like your weapons breaking i just hate it you know and i know there are other games that do it but like that was just a huge turnoff for me and i'm not sure i'm even gonna bother with this one sounds sounds like a skill issue maybe i mean (laughs) there's there's some fomo creeping in but like at the same time like i have never had much success making nintendo videos i just like the only game i've ever had any success with is marvel ultimate alliance 3 you know yeah i know so. i know you which is weird because you love pokemon you do a lot of pokemon stuff i would i would think that eventually it would it would pick up i mean it's it's pokemon yeah. it's huge but that, that's also kind of the thing like uh so like it's always fun. like speaking of twitter being like a cesspool um Miller tweeted something yesterday about the new Harry Potter show. Yeah. And I responded to him, I thought, um, very pragmatically, very like logically. Like, I'm like, well, they just made a, a shit ton of money on the wizard game. And obviously they know that Harry Potter sells. Correct. So it makes a lot of sense that they're just gonna double down on more Harry Potter. You know what I mean? And, and then, like, this one weirdo comes in and, like, everybody started, res- like, the people that responded to me started responding very emotionally. Even Miller, which, fine, I get it. I understand. I wasn't trying to show him up. I was just trying to have a conversation. Uh, but I was, it's always funny when they, like, click on your channel and, like, try to be like, oh, how do you have more subscribers than me? And I'm getting more views. I'm like, first of all, I posted those videos a couple hours ago. Uh, second of all, it's a niche game that I'm just enjoying playing and I'm putting videos up. I don't care. Okay. Like I'm, I'm beyond the point where it matters to me. Like I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Like you don't know how Twitter works or, or YouTube works. So whatever. But like, that's the thing with Pokemon. Like I love playing the game, so I'm just going to play them. And if people watch, they watch. Great. If they don't watch, they don't. Whatever. I have had a little bit of success here and there when, like, something like this comes out. Um, like, this is something you can get at GameStop, and it'll get you, like, a, a code, mm. and you get, like, a specific Pokemon. And I'm like, oh, how to get Flying LeChonk, you know? I've had a couple videos like that do okay. I'm just mad. And- I'm just mad I missed this this uh drama see i haven't been on twitter ever since i realized that elon is suppressing basically everyone that that uh tries to link off of twitter <laughs> if they're yeah. if, if they're not if they're not uh giving him eight dollars a month it wasn't even really drama it was just you know like miller was defending his point and i felt like he was well that's your I under- that's your problem jay you're a straight white male and you're yeah. and you're talking about Harry Potter, and not and not completely shitting on it. And that's and that's the crazy thing is like I don't even care about Harry Potter. I'm not even a fan. I'm just saying that from WB's perspective, 
it makes a lot of sense to want to double down on Harry Potter and and especially the stuff that people know. And I'm sorry if they can remake Fresh Prince, they should be able to remake anything. Oh, I just I just uh, I'm just I'm on Miller's Twitter. I'm distracted because he just posted the first uh, gameplay of oh the, the new Marvel game. It looks dog water. <laughs> it's actual dog water. <laughs> Holy. Uh, <laughs> but I could, but I, I can see, like, yeah, yeah. You're, you're not wrong, though, obviously. Like, why, like, why wouldn't WB go all in on, on a Harry Potter show, especially the premise of that? Like, obviously, the Fantastic Beasts crash and burn, but that's because you know that series it's not harry potter and it's and it quite frankly pretty stupid (laughs) that they even tried to make that trilogy to begin with it's like a it's like a 50 page book but it's it's funny i i uh i actually like i saw those the first two anyway and i liked those movies i like newt's commander like I think I just I liked the beast a little bit more than I actually liked anything I saw I like, Harry Potter. I like the first one. I like the first movie, but I thought it was going to be a Fantastic Beast movie. I thought it was going to be Fantastic Beast. Is they 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 started off with a Fantastic Beast movie, and then they just turned it into a uh, uh, the Grindelwald story <laughs> for yeah. for Voldemort and his, for uh, Dumbledore and his boyfriend. Like it, it was weird. Like like. I, I was I was sold on the premise because there's a lot of really interesting stories I thought you could tell with the magical beast premise because there are a lot of really interesting because I actually I actually own that book and I read through the descriptions and, and lore of the different creatures and I'll and I imagine and that they, you could some have some really cool stories with some of those creatures. I think I even Back when I was a kid and did was still doing Harry Potter fan fiction, I you I incorporate some of those creatures in the actual book, in my actual stories. Wait, that is the whitest thing you've ever said. <laughs> fan fiction? What is white? So, no, no, no. So Don Beamer used to do Harry Potter fan fiction. Obviously. <laughs> Who did? Hold on. <laughs> what What is white? What is exactly white about? Are you saying only white? People can yeah. write, can write, Jay. You saying yes, writing no. is for white? You saying because I'm black, you're shocked that I could write, let a, my own That's name, exactly. my own name, let it on, write my own original story based on a popular IP. You bigot! Is that what you're saying, Jay? You're surprised exactly. that black people can write? Well, if the do rag fits. <laughs> Uh, no, I, uh, I I think you know exactly what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm calling Al Sharpton as we speak. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting you out of here. Dot <laughs> the gamer did Harry Potter fan fiction. I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before on on my, on my on cha- my on my channel. But okay. yeah, I I was yeah, unlike unlike you posers, I was actually. Uh, OG Harry Potter fan. I made I made no apologies about it. When I was when I was a kid, I my uncle, uh, God rest his soul, he he introduced me to the books because he he wanted him and my mom both wanted to nurture my reading because you know I because I originally went to some pretty horrible schools in some pretty horrible neighborhoods. So their way of keeping me ahead 
was to make sure that I could read and write above above grade level because they knew I wasn't going to get the, the quality at the schools that I was stuck at. So Harry Potter ended up being a huge uh, influence for me, made me want to be a writer. And I, you know, I watched the first, I literally, I think I watched the first movie at least 80 times. And I would sometimes while, while I was crafting my fan fiction, I would have the first movie on in the other room just so I can hear the sound, just so I can hear the music and just have that invite this, have that ambiance going to help, to help me create. <laughs> and <laughs> it was, it was a nice little community. It was a, it, I, w- I was writing for, I forget, I, I forget what it's called. It was, it wasn't fanfiction.net. That was like the big general fanfiction site for like all the fandoms. I was on the Harry Potter one, which was like the biggest Harry Potter specific fanfiction site. And I actually had a couple story. I had a couple stories take off. You know, people, people uh, really dig it. And there was some really good, really good stuff in there that, uh, rivaled some of jk rowling's own books in some of the later ones but it was a it was a fun it was a fun thing to do and it helped me nurture my uh, writing ability which i ended up using in later years to be a blogger (laughs) and an editor and now i just use it to write youtube scripts but eventually i'll get that novel out out of the door but i when i do get that novel out I will owe it to my t- partially to my time writing Harry Potter fan fiction. You used to be so cool. <laughs> so, I honestly don't like. I don't care. I th- I I think that's a good story. I, I agree. I agree. I I was extremely cool when I was when I was in when I was in a uh, middle school and high and uh in high school writing my Harry Potter fan fiction. I 100 percent agree. That there was nothing cooler. I was one of the coolest kids in school. In fact. <laughs> Oh, we now we know your bigotry is deep rooted. Oh, yeah, this is great. It would cra- if you told me that back then that that J.K. Rowling would be considered on par with the per- with the uh, gentleman from World War Two. <laughs> I would have laughed. I would laughed in your face. I would have laughed in your face. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> like, yeah. it, it was unthink it was unthinkable. Everyone loved it. Like it was, the only people at that time back then who didn't love Harry Potter were like these boomer conservatives who who were who were crying about who were crying about witchcraft, yeah. Wh- which is which is why it's hilarious that concert that the that the same conservatives types that were that were calling saying harry potter should be banned for witchcraft were promoting hogwarts legacy just because of the culture war and how everyone's turned how all the left has turned on jake falling it was absolutely ridiculous this is this makes zero sense to me but i think that i think the harry potter series is going to at least the first episode is going to be massively watched because it's going to be a culture war thing again where it's gonna the same thing is gonna play out. You're gonna have if they if they make some JK Rowling's directly involved, so there's no illusions there. So people are gonna be super aggressive about that. If you watch it, you're canceled. Then which is gonna have the right be like, yeah, you gotta watch it to uh, own the libs. And but they're gonna show up in Hermione <laughs> if, when Harmony's black 
or more likely when Ron is black, because you know Hollywood hates redheads, when Ron is black, then the right is going to be like, oh, this is woke, this is woke garbage. But then also, also you got to kind of watch it because the, the left stuff, it's going to be weird. It's going to, it's going to be like, it's going to be Velma on steroids because they've committed. It's probably going to be a decent show, but <laughs> people are going to be, people are going to be so polarized over it. And WB committed to seven seasons, I heard. Uh, uh, HBO committed to seven seasons of this. Just as easily, I guess they know. they could, but I I know I'm pretty sure it's going to get enough viewership to at least justify two seasons, maybe three. But <laughs> I think this is either going to be a masterpiece because as much as I love some of the movies, they to me only like the first really holds up. Maybe maybe the second, but having it be actually faithful to the books and spend a whole season on that it's probably actually going to be much better over the long run in the movies just is that a lot of people have this attachment to the original cast and and every and everything like that so it's going to be you know a hurdle to climb but if they actually get people who can write and know what they're doing and they faithfully adapt the books this is going to be massive again and i think it's funny that you say that because like it just seems like everybody is always going to be wishy-washy like they're going to pick and choose the times it's okay to remake something and like there's just so many things that like people will try to oh we're going to do the live action little mermaid okay mm -hmm. and i'm gonna be honest with you like i i i was like all right well, i mean that's not what ariel looks like but whatever i saw the trailer the other day for this live action little mermaid and it just was like now I understand why this director stand for this girl to be the Little Mermaid. You know, like her voice, like she's Chloe. They, she she picked the say her person. name, Jay. Say her name. I don't, I don't know her name actually. It's, it's Chloe Bailey. Actually, he's she's a she's a she's a um her her and her sister have uh they're 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 both they're both actresses. They both. They're both musicians. They they actually have are like a duo, and uh, I no Chloe Bailey. I think Chloe Bailey is her sister. Halle Berry is the is Ariel, and it yes it it sound it sound sound not no relation to, to you know the Halle Berry we know, but they yeah. but they yeah it's Halle and Chloe, and they're amazing. They're amazing. Yeah, she like she sounds spectacular. It, it, it's it's weird because like her dad is like absolute cornball white in like Triton or whatever. So like it's whatever. But like like I just I, I, I don't know. Actually, isn't wait isn't a no Triton Triton? Pretty sure he's uh isn't Javier Bardem. <laughs> it, it means he looked he looked. I thought it, it was like no no. Pretty sure it's ha Javier Bardem is her. I thought it was is her okay. is a uh, triton so i think it's like uh the guy that was um paul giamatti maybe yeah yeah no yeah it's not like him anyway yeah, no, all right it's so, whatever so yeah she's black he's Sp he's spanish okay but like still like i just feel like people pick and choose you know when it's okay to like do that stuff you know like to to redo a cast or to cast this person like even when they cast um 
for Miss Marvel, they're like, oh, but she's not actually Pakistani, I think. You know, and like when they cast um they cast the dude for Namor, like they're like Namor. Oh, <laughs> oh, but he's he's not this, you know. Um like it's like we're getting to a point where there are people that it's never going to be good enough that, you know that, it was actually hilarious they did the same thing with uh with multiverse of madness when they cast america chavez because yeah that, maybe that's what i'm thinking because they because they, they argued that uh uh was it sachi Sacho gomez was yeah. was um not dark enough which extremely racist thing to say but we'll put yeah. put that aside but they did this storm. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah they're saying she wasn't dark enough because they were there in the comics. There, uh, she's brown. She's a bit browner, uh, in in certain certain issues. And to me, I'm like, who who cares? She's it's not like they cast uh, a white woman <laughs> to be America Chavez. Like yeah, she has. They they follow the proper heritage. Like this colorism thing was just nonsense but you know that's what i'm saying that's why i'm saying it's so important don't appeal don't try to appeal to twitter <laughs> like there's no you're you're not going to win like right it's there's no there's no upside there's zero upside to to pandering to these sort of things because the standards are going to shift they're going to move there are no there are no morals there are no there's no consistency you're not going to you're no matter what you do no matter how much you pander you're going to get one thing wrong and they're going to immediately dismiss you as uh, a bigot and it doesn't matter like like you're if you, you can have you can do everything 99.9 percent right and in in accordance with their worldview but if you get a point percent wrong or out of line you're done it's over it doesn't matter and the there's and all you're going to do is just divide people and cause uh, you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of attention, but as we're seeing, it's not going to translate into success for your project because no matter no matter how loud these people are, they don't they're not going to actually go. They're not going to see your movie. They're not going to buy your books. Like it's just focus on just tell a good story. If you're if you're adopting source material, be faithful to the source material. Be be, <laughs> be respectful at least, and and just focus. Be be Mario. <laughs> yeah, just this like because <laughs> these people's their entertainment is not the thing you're doing. It's like calling out all the things that don't fit their worldview. That's their entertainment. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, and that and I, you know, we're, we're talking about all these different examples. Like, I I brought up Storm. I don't remember the the girl's name that played Storm in that last run of X Men movies. The the, but, the like, Apocalypse one. Yeah, yeah like people were complaining that she was like too light skin she looked she was just as dark as Halle Berry was <laughs> well I think they made the same complaint about Halle Berry she was like, just, she was just she was per she was perfectly fine complexion wise if you if you put Halle Berry and the girl and a girl from from Apocalypse side by side with Comic Storm mostly you're gonna you're gonna the same thing like there's a whole there there is a whole history to to colorism but it's not that like it's not the difference between Halle Berry and and the and the comic book version no that's just that's just people who are bored 
<laughs> who have nothing better to do who need who need to complain there was there was a history of of people like actual colorism is like how how people how black people who look like mariah carey or or uh or um what's the line richie Lionel richie's daughter they, no no uh <laughs> no the the, uh, the the actress Rashida Jones, uh, she, oh, oh, oh yeah, Rashida Rashida Jones, like that, like they, it was legitimately a, a, a situation where you know people who look like that could quote unquote pass and would get treated much better, and even going way back to slavery, you know the darker the darker black people worked in the fields and the people with the fair complexions got to you know be in the house and you know just work just basically be be butlers and 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 maids so it's there's a history to it but when you're when you when you go from that to complaining that that the the act the actress in the in the million dot multi-million dollar movie is slightly lighter than the fictional comic book character that she's playing you're you're out of oppression like like you're you're at a point where your your life is so good that you're just making stuff up to be offended about and i remember the same thing with storm in marvel future or marvel strike force they were coming out with like the a version of storm that had the the mohawk and they're like wait but but she's she's too light-skinned and like they actually changed it and made it darker <laughs> like like they like people will that's that's the thing though like these people quincy jones in, quincy jones thanks order quincy jones is a yeah, yeah that's that's what threw me off when you were like lionel rich i'm like nicole richie uh anyway and then that might not even be his daughter i don't know um but uh i think, I think it is okay yeah i'm not great at all that but um but yeah, man, like it's just these people, their entertainment is not like watching the thing. It's like <laughs> complaining. Making, it's complaining about how it's not the right thing of this and this and this. Or, oh, you, you bigot, how dare you complain about Ariel? But you're doing the same thing. You know, and it's like, it, it's such a, it's all hypocrisy and everybody does it. And it's, yeah, abso- yeah, absolutely. Like the the whole, like it, it's always it's always crazy to me. Like when when uh when I remember back when I was when I was a kid, remember the Tom Cruise movie, the uh Last Samurai. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I remember I remember I remember uh a Paul yeah I remember a Paul Mooney joke uh, <laughs> about about that about that because it was it was kind of a it was kind of a, a bit like it's like why why is this why is this white man <laughs> in the last last samurai and and he said uh he said they he said he made a joke about how uh the next movie they're doing is uh the last n-word alive starring tom hanks <laughs> I, was, like, I was like that movie and i liked it and it actually made sense it was because a, they were yeah. traitors it was a fine it, it was a fine movie but i i remember i was just thinking about how all there was there was no movement from like the you know the, the people you see now the 
the you know the neurotics of the world all the all the all the culture warriors who are complaining about race swapping when when it was when it was whitewashing when it was a car when it was black and brown characters who were being just completely written out or or played by white by white people even mocked <laughs> like with actual caricatures there was no pushback it was just oh this is harmless fun or or this is fine but now all of a sudden when things shift in the other direction and we're seeing more and more pushes for diversity and to be clear obviously hollywood isn't doing this out of the kindness of their hearts <laughs> they they i mean they were at the end of the day the ones who were doing all that racist stuff back <laughs> back then but it's just funny to me that there's no there isn't this big push when when it went back when they were doing the same stuff just benefiting white people but now but now that it's it's uh people it's black it's black and brown people's terms i was like whoa wait a minute why why can't we why can't we just respect the source material like oh back then you could make clear you could make you know you could make Cleopatra. You, you everyone everyone could everyone could white you could have you could have asian people literally being played by white people who just tape tape their eyes over that that was fine <laughs> but but that but now if you if you have you know if you make a, a marvel movie and you and you and you race swap an alien or something whoa here we go <laughs> like like it's like come on guys relax <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know man it's just people pick and choose when the best actor should be cast you know like that's that's always the art like for ariel right well they should pick the best person to do the the role okay that was the argument and it's valid i do feel like they did that i feel like she i i don't i don't know who they could have gotten to be more aerial than that you know like her like the like i was actually like i was up at, like not even a movie that was on my radar but it's like wow okay like that's uh, i mean cgi i mean i have no interest in the movie at all i mean cgi looks dog dog water and everything i'm hearing about the story sounds like i'm i'm about to get a lecture so no thank you yeah. but <laughs> but she her her singing I, i'll 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 cop the soundtrack on spotify but yeah, the the I'm, the Tinkerbell thing was also like weird. Like they made Tinkerbell black, but I think that that made that one's a little more problematic. <laughs> it's like tink, like if, of, all, of all the characters you'd want to race swap, why Tinkerbell? <laughs> like, I don't even remember that. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Yari. Uh, she she plays she she played uh she played in um if you ever seen uh, Blackish. She's the she's the oldest daughter. She she had, they had, they made a spinoff of that okay. called called Grownish. Yeah, that show. She loves that yeah show. Gr Grownish. Grownish. She's the star of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Haley Berry and her sister are actually in that. Uh, with uh, with Zari, with uh, Zari. Yeah, her and Chloe play her uh, friends at at college. And Ross's daughter. Uh, don't I don't. Anthony Anderson. Yes, uh, yeah. It, oh, yeah. He has Anthony Anderson, Tracy Ellis Ross, and yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, and, and Zari, Zari is is uh, is uh, Zoe. She plays Zoe. I remember Anthony Anderson when he was on like Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Cooper. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, that that's a throwback. Hang yeah. With, hang, hang with Mr. Cooper was, but the, you know, you know, for all this, for all the the. 
the back padding Hollywood does about diversity. We had a lot of great black shows when I was grow when I was growing up. Like Cosby Show, obviously before we found out what happened <laughs> behind was going on behind the scenes. But you had I, I was in the, an absolute golden age when it, when it came to black entertainment. Like I had the Cosby Show, I had Family Matters, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Moesha, Jamie Fox. And living and living color, sister, sister, smart guy, one on one. Like it was, it was banger after banger everywhere. <laughs> for if you if you were black, we had we had our own network for we had multiple networks. We had we had BET, so we had you know the music stuff like like a uh, Rap City, the Basement, and 106 and Park, and Hits on the Streets, and then you had UPN, which they basically put just all the black shows. Uh, <laughs> like it was, it was you, fire. You been thirty eight in Boston is where the Bruins games used to be, so I remember that. Um, Moesha, that was Brandy, right? Yeah. I actually, I was in um, New York City for when I was in college. There's like a radio convention. I was the music director of my college radio station, and I went to the old ESPN zone in Times Square. And I was honestly just killing time. I was by myself and I'm ready to leave. So I go to the elevator and at, no one's on it. I'm the first person to get on. And as I turn around, a very pregnant Brandy gets on the elevator with me and they like don't let anybody else on. So I just, I, I knew it was her and I said, hi. And uh, that was really it. She was, she was nice. She smiled and said, hi. And. Then we got off the elevator because uh she's she said that's that's new sounds like something brandy would do wonderful love love, love yeah, you she oh, was super like she must have been like eight months in at least well, i had a i had a huge crush on brandy when i was a kid yeah <laughs> i was i was I, I was jealous that kobe got to go to prime with her i have this thing like i've i've met a bunch of people on elevators like i rode an elevator in miami when i was in high school with old dirty bastard it were in South Beach. It's like three in the morning. Keeping in mind, I'm the oldest of the three of us. I'm 18 there. My two friends are 17. And we're in the parking garage going to get our car. And uh, we're like, we get in and old dirty bastard gets on the elevator with us with two parking attendants and like three strippers, like <laughs> absolutely wasted and so pissed because his car got towed and they're like bringing him to his car or something and like we're just in the back of the elevator and like all of a sudden i and, and this is a very 18 year old thing uh like my buddy frederico he's like hey jay how much do you do you have any cash on you and and blah blah and my buddy chris just kind of punches him in the shoulder and like points to the literal gun in the back of his pocket and we get off the elevator and we're, he's just like, that dude raps about robbing people. You're going to talk about money? Like, it's such a total, say it, say it, say it. It's a white person thing to say. I have no idea what you're talking about, Jay. Well, the person that said it was Brazilian, okay? So I think that's acceptable. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, so it's, a different type, yeah. it's a different type of racism when it comes from Spanish, okay. when it comes from Spanish. Okay. <laughs> well... I, th I think even that is is racist because he's Portuguese. It's still it's still racist, but it it hits different. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so like elevator with ODB and Brandy, 
And then I also, my my other funny elevator story is uh, I was at, it was the Black Christmas tour with Ozzy Osbourne. I don't, I don't and like how Bob... you, I don't like how you said black there, Jay. Well, <laughs> was little, anyway, that was a little aggressive. <laughs> yeah, it was Black Christmas tour with Ozzy Osbourne and uh, Rob Zombie, and I had all access passes, so. I get on this uh, elevator to go down, and as we get on, the band Mudvayne gets on the elevator with us in full makeup, like they're they're on the tour as well. Because um, I knew this band called Soil, and we're going down to hang out with them, and they get on the elevator with us after like doing a signing or something, and <laughs> like we're all just kind of like sitting there, and my my friend and I were like, oh wow, this is crazy, and we get off the elevator, and Ozzy. Osborne is standing right there and he looks at us and he goes cover your ass it's my best British accent uh, that's, so, that was, like, that was horrible then, <laughs> yeah and then alright this is my best Aussie impersonation um, and then Rob Zombie's pyro goes off like because we're right at the side of the stage then he just does this weird Aussie smile and walks away and then we all just kind of look at each other like what just happened <laughs> you know so anyway, I, I was my I, I was not lucky enough to meet. Really, I don't meet any celebrities in elevators. I, the the I, I tend to meet only times I met famous people outside of like actual events I went to was like in in recording studios when because I because I would go to some pretty big uh, studios to make music and the closest where I, I think we were coming out of an elevator we were going we were at Powerhouse uh, we we had a buddy who was supposed to be performing uh, there is uh, this pretty big annual event in Philly, a bunch of music artists come. And so we were, so we were rolling with him to, uh, to show some support. And we were, we were in the lobby of this, of his hotel. And we, we got out of the elevator and across the lobby, I see like a mini entourage walking by. I'm like, oh, that must be someone famous, and I was, and I was like, oh, who's that? And it was Carrie fucking Hilson. Now you're, now you're extremely white. You probably have no idea who that is, <laughs> but she was a big R&B star for a little bit. She famously had a beef with a uh, Beyonce that uh, ended up destroying her career. <laughs> but, but at the time, she was pretty, she was pretty big, and uh, I had a giant crush on her, and she in person like i i've 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 been i've been starstruck two times in my life one when i met the rock one when i saw carrie hilson 50 feet away from me <laughs> in person and i wasn't like the huge like i loved her music but i wasn't like oh she's the best but seeing how fine she was in person i was like i get it <laughs> um I, uh, we had this conversation last week, dude. I used to listen to rap and hip hop when I was in high school. I had, I had a Hot Boys CD. Yeah, yeah, we know, we know, Jay, you, your, your extremely basic rap playlist. Uh, for those who are fiercely Googling, uh, <laughs> here is, uh, I'll, I'll pull it up for you. This is my, this is her, her biggest, her biggest song. This is, this is Carrie Hilson. I think this is what she looks like now. But yeah, she was a, she was a big, she was a big star back in the day. Unfortunately, 
you uh do not want to mess with the beehive. <laughs> Especially now. No, the bee the bee. I will say I, I uh I did go see uh and and to answer I think Eastwood was saying something about do you have all access to everything? I used to do concert photography. Like before I did YouTube, I did a lot of concert photography. So like and I would interview bands and stuff like that. So like I have had lots of access to people, you know? So uh yeah. Um but uh what was I gonna say? I don't even know anymore. Boomer. <laughs> so, but yeah. but I, I'm not yeah, I'm not I'm not the typical type to uh get to get starstruck but jay jay uh jay's is like when you're in the music industry you do end up in a lot of you know crazy crazy places like that i remember uh i remember i had a i was doing a studio session for for my uh, mixtape and we rolled in t uh to uh start mixing music and freeway was there when we when we got there <laughs> I, I know you know i know you know freeway <laughs> i might there, it's not well at the moment. Rock, Rockefeller, Freeway. Uh, yeah, he, he has a, he had a very distinct voice, you know. Freeway uh, got the hood on smash, you know. Free, freeway, Freeway. I uh, let's see. I, I have I have a lots of cool stories. Uh, I was all right. So Kerry King, the guitarist for Slayer, uh, I did an interview with him and his wife for a tattoo magazine. And we're sitting there doing the interview and we're just, I'm asking basic tattoo questions. I'm talking about like first tattoo, okay? And uh, I don't even remember Kerry King's answer, but I remember his wife's answer because um, he, he's like, oh yeah, tell him about your first tattoo, show him. So she starts talking about it. Show him. <laughs> on her pants and starts to pull them down, not from the back. Oh boy. And I, I, I must have turned a different shade of red because I went <gasps> and they just died laughing. Um, and it, it, it didn't oh. go that down. Oh, pure J, pure, J pure of heart. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I also, it, it's, I have like a few Carrie King things. Um, I also, uh, I was interviewing the band kill switch engage. Like, and this is before, like they were huge um their singer howard and their guitarist adam were in their van so they weren't even on a bus yet so we're in their van and i'm interviewing them and carrie king walks by and keeping in mind like slayer was not on their show like i'm pretty sure they were opening for kitty okay um and carrie king just happened to be in providence rhode island and like walks by and all of us are like wait was that carrie king so like in the middle of the interview, we're all getting out of the van and looking like they're freaking out. It's like, oh, it's Kerry King. Can't believe it. You know, and like we're all we're all just kind of laughing. So um, another cool one, uh, Pantera, obviously uh, wasn't uh, Dimebag and his brother. Um, I know that name. He, yeah, yeah. Um, they were in a band called uh, Damage Plan and i was hanging out with the band shadows fall and dimebag comes up and like sees them like messing around with their guitars and he's like oh let me play your guitar let me check it out so he's like literally playing one of the guitars from shadows falls guitar and like they're talking guitars and here i am like 
listening to one of literally one of the people that's considered one of the greatest guitarists to ever play guitar like just talk shop with one of my other favorite bands and two other amazing guitarists and um and then i walk over i see vinnie paul and i'm shooting the show and i'm like hey man i'm one of the photographers for the show do you mind if i if i come up and take pictures while you're playing he's like nah man just don't get my text way so <laughs> like i have a picture like i'm literally standing next to vinnie paul again guy that's considered one of the best drummers of all time while he's playing in front of tens of thousands of people you know crazy life you know? but yeah actually actually uh i i didn't get into rock until like or any sort of thing until like later in life so when i would when i have these encounters with these people with some of these people in when i was in the music industry it wouldn't it wouldn't hit me like i was just like oh okay but I, I I could respect the sniffingness of it. Like uh, like we ended up when I was in, when I was in, when I was still in one of my bands. Uh, it was me and my me and my one other friend. We ended up uh becoming friends with a member of One Direction. <laughs> it was, uh, obviously One Direction, not not my type of music, but obviously extremely extremely well known. <laughs> so my friend was just reaching out and uh he ended up reaching out to uh this guy sandy who's who plays bass for one direction and and uh we we end up everyone ends up hitting it off and we end up uh doing we ended up doing like a thing like eight songs with them or something we just did did some collabs with them for our project which never came out unfortunately but (laughs) but but we but it, I, it made me appreciate just the nature of fandom because he he's the ba- he's the bass player obviously very talented you know hangs with the boys but just but he's not he's not singing but the amount of people that were just flocking because of him like we did like we would do a we, we did a couple of interviews and and we would just get bombarded with uh these with these teenagers these teenagers like oh my god i was like dude you play bass what the hell is happening the hell is happening uh we had we ended up meeting up in person uh for for doing some photo shoots and he was just like yeah man yeah man it's crazy it's crazy but uh you know i i'm really appreciative of, of the fans and the boys and everything like that it hit because of him we ended up uh getting interviewed by billboard that billboard and it's still up it's still up on their website they uh they did a did a profile of our sync of the single we did together and i was just like and it just it was was like what a weird connection because i was because I, I started out as a rapper and i ended up we ended up doing our band was like uh indie electronic type of stuff but i was just like this this is definitely not what I ever <laughs> envisioned when I was when I when I got my start in the music listening to gangster rap and Cassidy. I never would have imagined that I'd be doing music with someone who's in One Direction, and <laughs> 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 just hanging, just casually hanging out at the. I think we went to a museum that day. We were just, we were just casually hanging out. I was just like, this is weird. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Like I, it's weird. You get yourself in these situations. <laughs> uh, um, like uh, 
the band Avenged Sevenfold. Uh, they were on tour with My Chemical Romance uh, before either of them kind of blew up. Uh, they were upstairs at the Palladium in uh, Worcester, Mass. And that upstairs section holds like 250 people. And um, a friend of mine knew Avenged Sevenfold at that point. And after the show, we're like kind of hanging out with them. And they're like, oh, do you know where you want to go get something to eat? So I brought them to a diner and like, it's literally the band, their manager and me and my friend. And we're just all hanging out at the diner at like two in the morning having breakfast. Can't beat it. You know? <laughs> and then like, they became like one of the biggest bands in the world, you know? So. You're really like that. Actually, I actually had another weird band story. Like I, it, it was another group that I had no association with like uh if you remember weedus the band they were they they were they were like big during the 90s uh they had that song teenage dirtbag yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. no i never i grew up in the night i i was listening when i in the 90s i was listening to tupac biggie lauren hill run dmc i had no idea who, <laughs> who any of these people were but we ended, we ended up uh doing a collab with weedus and and uh the, the lead brandon he uh he was really really cool guy he ended up inviting us to uh brooklyn and we ended and we stayed like a couple of days at his apartment and, and we were just and we were doing, kind of just hanging out talking music he's got this really exotic vinyl collection and he's like really philosophical and into the mu and into the technical side of music as well and and it and it, made, it gave me a new appreciation of of not just music but new york in general because this was before New York became more of a more of a shithole. <laughs> like like I went to school in New York, but but I didn't. But I never went past Manhattan really. But you know, got to hang, got seeing the the gentrified Brooklyn <laughs> was pretty good because it was like it was it wasn't crime infested yet. You know, it was it was relatively clean. Uh, everything was still overpriced, but it was so much culture and so much art. Like I, I I'd be walking down the street and it was you would just bump into somebody in the industry or some kind there was always some kind of festival there was like some kind of amazing food thing going on and i was like oh i kind of get it because before i was like why do people live in new york it's like it's dirty it's crowded everything costs too much money but just walking around that area seeing seeing all that culture all that all that activity i was like I kind of get it. I kind of. I wouldn't personally. I still wouldn't want to live here, but he did have a nice apartment. But I personally wouldn't want to. Wouldn't want to. Wouldn't want to live there. Definitely not now. But I was like, I kind of get it. <laughs> this, is, this is pretty sweet. I, I gotta grab something real quick. I I didn't want to like go. So I'll, I'll be right back in a second. I'll hold it down. Uh, with the chat, uh, Biggie and Tupac are definitely. Well, Tupac is definitely alive. Biggie, <laughs> Biggie. Uh, I'm uh, confident he did not make it. But Tupac is definitely still somewhere. In uh, Cuba, I hear. Uh, Nine Inch Nails. I uh, was never a fan of Nine Inch Nails. Still not a fan of Nine Inch Nails. Uh, my my rock, like I, my music playlists are all over the place, just all over the place. When it comes to rock, uh, I mainly listen to post rock, so I listen to a lot of Hammock, Echelon Effect. But you know, I do, but I do like I dabble with certain in in certain areas. I really like Lincoln Park. Uh, <laughs> I like. I uh, like a little bit of of uh, the stone the stones um, I, w w just randomly 
Lifehouse has like my probably my favorite song uh of all time. <laughs> Lifehouse. Lifehouse. I am like like and it and and it's be, it's mainly because of Smallville. Like that's how I got introduced oh, yeah, to the song. Yeah, yeah. Uh look uh, Love Love Rain Over Me by the Who was another one of my favorite songs. But yeah, if you if you're small right. if you're a fan of Smallville, you definitely you definitely know uh Life House's everything. It's uh what that's my, oh, yeah. my, my 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 favorite song. You don't 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 what me. Like every I I'm not I can't vouch for all the music, but everything is one of the greatest songs ever written. And I will I will fight you to the grave over that. That song is objectively amazing. Hanging by a moment is dope too. Everything is an incredible fucking song. And if you if you disagree, you're 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 you you should not have opinion on music. <laughs> like like, like. Well, you said something. It reminded me that I have this. Uh, cause That's I just met DMC at New York comic con. Right. DMC. Hell yeah. Of course you did. <laughs> yeah. So I, I got my, uh, my DMC Funko pop sign. Um, also, um, Eastwood mentions that Sadat likes boys to men. Let me tell you who doesn't something. like, who doesn't like boys to men. <laughs> my first actual concert. Okay. So the first concert I ever saw technically was Lee Greenwood at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. Now, I know you're probably saying, who the hell is Lee Greenwood? And why would you say that's your first concert? Do you know who Lee Greenwood is? And I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> A white supremacist? No, I'm free. Yeah, so he, and it was the height of Desert Storm. He did like this huge tour on all the bases. Okay, so like, that's Lee Greenwood. All right, so that's technically the first concert I ever saw. My dad drove us to go see Lee Greenwood at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. But my first actual concert was Boys to Men, Belle Biv DeVoe, and Babyface. That's an amazing concert. <laughs> that's it a, is. Someone, someone definitely got pregnant that night. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> my, my second concert uh, was Kiss. Uh, yes. which is my uncle used to actually work for kiss the one thing i regret is that i haven't been to that many concerts in my in my life i haven't had a chance it's definitely something i want to do more of because i have not i have not gone to many and the ones i have so if, if I, I i could count on one hand the amount of concerts i've been been to i'm not counting comedy shows but just actual music concerts and they're wildly different <laughs> like uh like the i think the first i think the first actual concert that i remember going to was in college and it was mainly because no it was no this was uh no this was high school my my friend who i my my good friend who i had a crush on it was trying to riz up i wanted to go see beyonce so I got his tickets to see Beyonce <laughs> and she was at, she was at, uh, she came to Philly and I tell you, if you're ever looking to Riz, go to a Beyonce concert, baddies wall to wall <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> but, and she puts on a great show. She's an amazing performer, but even if you don't like the music, 
go go for the baddies they're they're everywhere it, you're very you'll be very much outnumbered so that's good my my second concert was a free college show i went to and it was by a band uh, a band called electricity and the only reason i know i even went to that show is because i recognized them because they they had a song on the soundtrack for one of my favorite movies uh titan ae called the cosmic castaway and it's the only song from it that i know so i was I, I was one of the few people there who didn't know any of the words except for that one song <laughs> but it was enough to get me there and i think my only other concert was i saw lupe fiasco live when he came to philly and one of one of the greatest experiences ever it was actually one of the first i think it was the first youtube video i, I uploaded on my sadat the gamer channel I took a cell phone video of him because he stopped and gave like this, told the story about how they invited him when Obama, after Obama first got elected, they invited him to like this, like White House event where they had these music performers. And he was like confused because he was like, do they know who I am? <laughs> so, so uh, he was like, he just rolled with it. So he, so they told him what they, they kind of gave him some guidelines. But you know, Zlupe, he's 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 not he's not he's a, a real artist. He's not gonna he's not gonna censor himself. So he performs. This is this is amazing. He performs words I never said, and if you never heard that song, one of the, one of the lyrics is is referencing how how Obama basically brown bombs brown people <laughs> and and uh, did did not live up to his promises. As well as some critical comments about the war on terror, the pharmaceutical industry, stuff like that. So he performs the song, and it's a great song. It's a banger. Skylar Gray does the does the, does the chorus, but the people were there are like, um, mm -mm, can't do that. So so Lupe does an encore of it, <laughs> and now they really get pissed. And so Lupe and they're like, and they're threatening to, to boot him out. So he does another encore of the same song. <laughs> I think he ended up performing the song 20 times in a row. They like at one point they cut his mic and his music. So he's like performing. He's like performing with his band Acapella, <laughs> and he's just performing it over and over again until <laughs> so they finally asked him to leave. <laughs> and I just thought I love I loved him before, but I was like, that you're the greatest, you're the goat for that, bro. I, he was already my favorite, my favorite art, my favorite artist before, before that. But that just solidified. It's <laughs> like, man, concerts. I, I've seen bands on accident fifteen times. <laughs> like the band Nonpoint. Like, all right. So first of all, my favorite band of all time is Seven Dust. Okay, I've seen them thirty-one times. Jesus, <laughs> and. Nonpoint was on tour with them so much that like and Nonpoint has been on tour with other bands so much that I've seen them like 15 times like on accident I've never I don't mind Nonpoint they're a cool band but I've never gone to a show to see Nonpoint and like I've seen them like 15 times but like Seven Dust man they're like my I love those guys they're they're always like so cool uh, I just yeah, I've seen them acoustic twice. I've never, uh, I've never listened to a single song. I have no idea who they are, but I'll have to look them up. <laughs> if, I think you'd like them. If they're I mean, Jay Shockblast's favorite band, I listen, I listen to all sorts of stuff, Jay. I, 
my my uh taste is all over the place so i i might I'll, I'll add them to my spotify right now my favorite band is my favorite band band like band in terms of uh rocks probably hammock that's uh that's probably my favorite favorite band most likely a very very different genre from uh, seven dust i'm assuming uh no i i don't i don't recognize I we talked about them before but yeah. um Ham, yeah, ha- yeah hammock is like uh is like uh ambient post rock and i'm assuming seven dust is probably what metal they sound they sound pretty metal yeah they're kind of a little bit more like new metal-y and like new metal but they hired like a lot of like hardcore bands and stuff um like because they have like this very like thick like like so and that's like a lot of the type of for some reason like, very- for some reason that made me think of that song witch doctor <laughs> you ever see that music video it's the craziest yeah. thing i've ever seen <laughs> yeah um but yeah i've seen them 31 times as a matter of fact that's where i got covid the f- <laughs> they're just i i was like you know i really want to go see them i haven't seen them in a while um like honestly every time i've i've met them like they've just been so cool um like i the first time i met lejean uh he like Le- was, is he related to lejean no no <laughs> could be i don't know um but he like he was like so nice and he was like just like i don't know man like it's just cool man it's cool like they always whenever they saw me oh man you're like family you know like so i just i i love them uh they've got some really cool songs they they do pretty good range it's mostly like you know added hard rock. added them to my spotify yeah i think you'll find a few songs you like they've got like a lot a lot of albums though um i usually my fa- i usually go from the most popular and just see just, just to yeah. get a feel my favorite is probably animosity i love home um denial is my favorite denial and angel's son are my two favorite seven dust songs so yeah but like i've seen them 31 times like there were tours i would see them like five times on that tour but now yeah. now those songs deep cuts or are they like also everyone's favorite songs no like denial their angel's son might be their most famous song um denial was their first single off of their second album so they're very popular songs so, like so you're a bit of a normie <laughs> well angel's son is about a guy named lynn Strait, who is the lead singer of a band called snot and he died tragically in a, a car accident and they ended up doing this album called straight up uh which was basically uh just people from like like corn and limp biscuit and i know those names Slip- yeah and like all these um like um sugar ray and like all these bands they were friends with like they they did songs about him and they put it out on a tribute album with all the proceeds going to his family and everything oh that was awesome angel's Angel's son is about him and if you listen to the words they're they're like they're really like i'm I'm actually like because when i think about it i think about like my friend jen who uh, she had cystic fibrosis and she passed away and one of that was like a song that was really special to the two of us and we we went to see I like took her to see Seven Dust with Three Doors Down 
and someone else because she loved Three Doors Down. And uh, like, I don't know, it's just like, it's really powerful if you've ever lost somebody. Like the words are, which, you know, we've all uh, lost people. But. I've, lost, I've, lost, I've lost a few, yeah. I lost, lost my, uh, I, have, I have no grandparents left. I have, I don't have a mom. I, I lost uh, my, I lost, I think I lost both my uncles. Uh, uh, several of my friends from school were shot to death. So yeah, I, <laughs> I could definitely, uh, oh. I definitely relate. <laughs> you know, you'll like, it's, it's a pretty powerful song. So, and, <laughs> and deny, like, I remember where I was the first time I heard denial. Um, Cause WAF in Boston uh, used to be, they're like gone now. They used to be probably one of the most influential hard rock radio stations in the world. And like they broke so many bands. They broke Godsmack, Stained, a um, bunch of other ones. And Seven Dust, they had a huge hand in breaking too. And it was their second album. Uh, they filmed it down the road in Longmeadow, Massachusetts. And uh, they're, they're the, it was a world debut on the radio because that's what we did back in the day of denial by seven us i was driving to boston to go to a red sox game and i like it started playing as i was going through the toll booth i literally pulled over and like oh. just listened to it and uh yeah it was i it, it just was like it's always just i remember that so distinctly yeah mu- so. yeah music can can be really it can really it can really hit you like to this day my most powerful music listen to experience was me getting getting high on mushrooms and and listening to hammock in my room <laughs> still still is why departure song is, is still my favorite probably one of my favorite albums <laughs> you know what actually was a really cool concert that i never thought i would even care about uh i actually saw jay-z and justin timberlake at fenway park I mean, that's and, that sounds like an amazing concert. That was a great album. It really was. Like, I didn't really like. I was never a big fan of either one of them, and how, I never. How dare you? Would, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> and, and let me tell you another cool concert story. Um, I, I got asked by a friend. Uh, he's like, dude, uh, Vanilla Ice is playing with his rock band up up the road uh in i don't remember what town it was at this point ice uh, ice baby yeah but it was when he was doing the metal the, band the, thing the, the rock metal band the thing. metal okay. is he is so, he in real estate now yeah something like that <laughs> so, um so he was playing the show he's like dude i can get us an interview with him if you want to do it so um i was like yeah sure i'll interview him ice that's cool you know i i watch ninja turtles <laughs> you know so um so we drive up to the show and um turns out my wife was also at that show oh that's where you met your wife no this is 15 years before i met my wife uh, before you met your wife she was just there she just happened to be there it would be like 14 years but like yeah so we found out like because we were talking about oh i'm like oh yeah i interviewed vanilla ice once she's like oh i saw him I'm like oh yeah where and she tells me like where she saw him i'm like wait a second that's where i met him and interviewed him <laughs> and it's just, she's like yeah one of my friend's bands opened for him so we were there because there was not many people there there was maybe like a hundred people and it was like at a skating rink and out of, <laughs> out of all out of all the, all the 
all those people, 100 people or so. One of them. Isn't that crazy though? One of them was that your future wife. <laughs> at the same show, but like, yeah. Yeah, that's that's actually that's actually wild. Some some would call that destiny, Mr. Shockless. Yeah, yeah. Well, Vanilla Ice is actually pretty cool. It was right when Vanilla Coke actually came out. So like, I brought a bottle with me. <laughs> oh my god. And we're the interview, and I just busted out of my bag. I'm like, so what's up with this? And he like looks at it. He's like, yeah, what is up with that? Where's my royalties? I'm like, wait, have you not seen this yet? He's like, no, it's yours. You just Fortunately, gave, it was old. Just gave him a vanilla. Just gave him a vanilla coke. I'm sure he cherished it. <laughs> Did not ask, ask him about Suge Knight. Oh, probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so. yeah, yeah. No, no. Everyone's is weird. Every, every time I hear a Suge Knight story. It's about how uh, Suge Knight showed up and everybody got scared. <laughs> That's basically every Suge Knight story. Suge Knight showed up and did something gangster. <laughs> and everybody ran. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, so I mean, we I could go on and on about music, man. I just. Yeah, I, love, I mean, I mean. Yeah, you like me and Johnny like get because we both actually make music. You know, you did your concert photography, so yeah, we go we go crazy in music. I haven't made music in a while. I need to get back on there when I have when I have the the time and the chance. But I, I love I love me some music. You know, I made my uh, my my uh, infamous Sadate Gamer intro. I made that in my studio <laughs> in my in my room. <laughs> Who else makes music? Doom Killer HD, uh, the J Shock class. I, I, I saw. <laughs> My mom was like, "Oh, I loved it when he said, even his dog got a plushie." <laughs> you, you played it for. I'm, I'm just thinking of Mama Shock Glass listening to Doom Killer HD, and that, yeah. ju that just makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I played it for her. She thought it was funny. Yeah, well, it's, how long did it take him to make that dance? <laughs> it was a running joke for so long. Yeah. Now I don't have anything. Yeah. I feel like he just got tired of me like making the joke. He's like, yeah. let me get this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got I got my Birdman song like pronto. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I mean, it pleases me to be the second. I don't know how many he did for people. I know he did. I know he did. He did long, and I was I thought he did Lejeune's. I know that first. Okay. Then he. So then fourth. I don't know. Then he did Birdman hands. Then he did. Then he did uh the J the J Shock Blast came after. <laughs> yeah, we well, did do that Avengers song that one. Time. Any of it the Avengers one, well, yeah. But in terms of actual creators, yeah, you you you're after me <laughs> and Lejeune. Well, pretty good company. Yeah, I think so. I'll take it. Yeah, I still. I think I think the I think the hilariously enough the last song that I actually recorded was the Marvel's Avengers parody song that I made <laughs> that I made called Shills Just Wanna Have Fun. <laughs> Par parodying uh Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. Uh still a banger to this day. I, I stand by that one. <laughs> still a banger, but it's the that's the last actual song I think I recorded. So I need to get back into it. Cause uh, yeah, after that, I think only the thing I've done is like write for people. But I want to actually get back to putting out songs because I love I love music. And but I've just been you know focused on YouTube, trying trying to trying to do one thing at a time. 
arrive. But eventually, once once I have a uh, once I get my uh, my J Shock Blast, you know, hundred thousand dollar YouTube check, then <laughs> then I'll then I'll then I'll take a break, do some step back, do some music. Yeah. What I wish <laughs> one day. Uh, we we didn't we didn't get to talk about this yet, but uh, I know you're a creator for them. But uh, people were mad at Redfall, Jay. What's <laughs> what's going on with Redfall? Uh, our boy Paul Tassie did this article uh, posing the question of should Xbox delay Redfall and can they even do it? And I think it's a valid question because while Gamers tend to overreact. It is not a good look, I think, based on what I'm hearing about Redfall. Like we had, like the the big the latest controversy was about how they just announced that the game is going to launch without a performance mode, and that's more of an issue for first person shooters than than what would typically be a thing. So it's going to be locked at 30, and obviously people are making fun of Xbox because of the whole most powerful console in the world stuff. But it's going to, it's going to be locked at thirty at launch, and I heard one of the creators who who people were calling out for because of this. He said that the PC version doesn't run very well from in his in his experience from 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 we saw he was one of the people who got early access. Also, I heard that the uh, and obviously before that people were complaining about always online, which they said they they would. They would try to fix later but also heard that for the campaign the only the, the the progression would only happen for the hosts so if you're doing story stuff with your friends it's not going to count unless you're the host and you're going to have to replay it on your own so this is it just sounds like a it just sounds like a lot of uh stuff that i feel like should have been ironed out before Dang. Yeah, like, because I, I, I know you're deep involved with Redfall. I know Cammy's is uh, running, running things yeah. over there on the PR front. But I'm, I was, but you seem to really enjoy it. So, so it, I did. So it, it kind of caught me off guard with all this, you know, because I didn't look too much into the game itself. But I started looking more once I saw the controversy. Yeah, like first of all, um, I used to think that the Soulsborne people were the worst people in gaming, <laughs> but, now, but now it's the people. My 60 frames. <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> like, like, honestly, as soon as every single game comes out at 4K 60 frames per second, people are just going to start bitching. But why isn't it 8K 120 frames per second? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, like, look, I get it. In an ideal world, everything should be that. I know that, but like, I guess. It's harder to do than people thought. All right. And a lot of yeah. games are doing it. I'm hearing and most games that you've ever played are only in 30 frames per second. I'm hearing I'm hearing like a lot of people I've seen this a lot that even from some developers that it's something with the Series S that's 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 causing a lot of issues with, with companies trying to like I've heard this a lot across across the board that that when it comes to, with games that are struggling and and and, it's, and they say with a frame rate and we saw that with gotham knights too they're saying it's because some for some reason the series s is screwing things up when it comes to trying to optimize and i think it's fair at this point though to to say 
and maybe it is an Xbox thing because you know God of War Ragnarok very clearly did not did not have that issue uh, at launch. But I think it's fair to to say that maybe maybe people should optimize maybe studios should optimize performance over fidelity because that seems to be what most people actually care about from what for our series of gamers because i've literally never heard a single gamer say man that ray tracing like no one gives a fuck but but whenever there's an issue with uh fps it's it's always a thing yeah. So here, here's where I'm at with that. I first of all still hate those people. <laughs> of course. Right. Very um, fair. They are very annoying. But, also, but I don't, I don't disagree with you that it's very clear that this is not going away. And if you're not going to launch with a 60 frame per second mode on these next gen only games, just don't. Like, yeah. it's not worth it because they're gonna tank your game. Like. You know, and this is a Game Pass game, so like, there's this part of it where it's like, they're they've already said they're gonna do it, so yeah, for sure. Like, so just wait. You know, it's Game Pass. You're not even necessarily gonna buy it anyway, so you're gonna Game Pass it. Um, I I played an earlier build, obviously, um, on PC. It ran really good. I didn't have too many issues. I don't notice a lot of those things anyway. I know Johnny did have an issue though, Johnny yeah. Rocker. Yeah, I remember. Uh, where he actually couldn't like it was at a point where it was like it didn't make sense to just go back in. But you like expect stuff like that when you're playing an early access build right. or whatever. Um so and I think uh Caboose mentioned seeing a few frame drops here and there and stuff. But like I just don't get it. Like we've We've played all these games for so long, and the if the game looks good, it looks good. The difference between 30 frames per second and 60 frames per second to the human eye is not as big as people make it out to be. All right, You're, people. I've literally seen people say playing 30 frames per second hurts my eyes because they're <laughs> so trained for 60 frames per second. Shut the fuck up. You fucking moron like i don't understand it and like i would say this if it was god of war okay now here's the thing like i know that this is an xbox exclusive but it didn't start off that way i feel like when you're a developer working with just one platform like you know uh santa monica did with god of war as an example it's easier to work within the parameters of just that system and you're seeing it when these games start to go out to pc that they're in a lot of trouble so like mm. the last of us on pc nightmare apparently <laughs> night exactly spider-man had issues like mm. all these games that are playstation exclusives when they're coming out on pc they are not doing as well as they do on playstation and that's because playstation like there's something there's always been something unique about the way that they render and they do all these things mm. so that's why the games work the way they do on that platform and it makes sense and and honestly uh bravo good for them damn right you know what I mean? pony uh, pony I, up yeah no like listen you gotta you gotta call a spade a spade right like that's something that they do incredibly well and 
with Redfall, Redfall was originally going to be on PlayStation before Bethesda got bought. And like this was a game that was not developed from the ground up as an Xbox exclusive. And I'm, I'm assuming that's part of the issue uh, where it wasn't <laughs> as easy. I, feel, to like, I also feel like part of the backlash is from a lot of a significant part of the backlash is just people from from the, the Sony side just dunking on Xbox just be, yeah. <laughs> because but that's because it was supposed to be a PlayStation game as well. This <laughs> is that like like it's a Game Pass game like you don't have to invest a single thing into it that you haven't already paid. So just just play it or don't like i don't get it like like yeah in a perfect world 60 frames per second gotcha okay but like you and i both played gotham knights mm. and we both know that at 60 or 30 frames per second it was great yeah like it was not a big issue i mean i mean multiplayer effort in that first month or two was a no-go <laughs> but well, when you're when you're out when you're out in the city like holy <laughs> I tried to I tried to stream that and no. <laughs> Plenty of games also have that issue. Like that's those those launch hiccups and stuff. And I I just I think that's what people are tired of. Like in in the game in the case of this being a Game Pass game, I could definitely see more like a okay. Well, you're not you're not going. It's not like you're paying seventy dollars for this. Like so, you know, just you can I understand if you're looking forward to it, but you're it's a Game Pass game. You're if you're a, if you're on Xbox, you probably have Game Pass. If you don't. I don't know why you even have an Xbox, but it, but it is just comes from people that are kind of just tired of games not launching finished, and and that stems from you know from you know the, the Anthem and the Cyberpunk and the Avengers and the Outriders and and on and on where where gamers are kind of tired of companies promoting pro, promoting these games and not being not only not only just not just the fact that they have to wait for them to fix it later but because the these companies aren't going to be transparent about it and it's and unless a content creator or somebody you know leaks it or something they're they're just going to be left holding a bag and and hoping that it gets fixed later so as, from a consumer perspective i can definitely understand why people are kind of fed up with this whole buy it it fix you know just put it out fix it later mentality because it is very anti-consumer and it is particularly scummy when companies go out their way to hide the state of the game like what like they know full well that it's not ready but they're going to put it out anyway and happily take your pre-order money like that that so i can understand from from that perspective at the very least it's good that they're telling us now a month out that it's not going to launch with 30 with 30 frames i know people were annoyed that you know they were just promoting the game in 60 but the actual game itself is not is going to launch in 30 but at least you know that now <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's better like, it's better than a few days like, out yeah but my thing is like these people are the same people that are crying about uh suicide squad getting delayed to february you know like they want to have their cake and eat it too like it's like they're complaining that these games are coming out unfinished and you know we'll patch it after but like i mean to be fair suicide squad has been they've been trying to get that damn game off the ground since 2016 yeah. <laughs> in some way it, it is like a it is a bit of a, a joke at this point <laughs> they can't figure that was, they, that can't was figure, also they can't figure they can't figure shit out 
Yeah. No, I, I get it. I get it. Listen, but like at the same time, like, you know, it is what it is. I would I, like, I would have had to be clear. I would have happily played the game as is. Like I didn't like I obviously uh, I would have preferred if they and I, I do hope they implement some of the features that I suggested the some of the changes I made. But what what they showed, I was fine. I was fine with playing as long as it as long as it was functional. I would I would I would have happily given it a shot. I was looking forward to hearing more details about the game, specifically the end game, what kind of DLC content they had planned. You know, all, I was I was all in, but I understand I understand people, it, it, and it's important to divide the people. Like you had some people who were just mad that it wasn't another Batman simulator, and then you have people who just don't like looter shooters who are never going to be pleased anyway, but. I feel, but I feel like uh, overall that it, it was it, people were just disappointed. I think I saw a lot of backlashes from people who were mad that it was delayed because they were mad that they feel like Twitter uh, basically got it delayed and they were they were f- happy with the game and they felt like people should have just shut the hell up and just let them have their game, which which I which I get. But there is there's there's clear there was clearly some polishing, some some adjustments that needed to be made. You know you gotta. You gotta, you gotta look. Not just you gotta obviously ignore the trolls, but there's definitely things that they could have done better, and they clearly are going to be re- reevaluating things. Like, like I hope that they specifically. I think the biggest thing is going to be obviously the, the always online people, whatever. But the one thing they didn't show was join in progress, and I don't know if they have. If they're going to have that. I don't know if they originally going to have that. And that is a, that was that would have been a big problem if they did. Like I know they had crossplay, but they never announced join in progress, and that's something you definitely need in this game. So if they didn't have that, that's definitely that, make sure you get that out during this nine months. And the DLCs, I feel like if they can manage to get DLC characters that don't rely on guns, that's going to be big for the game. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all that. Like, join in progress is a must, you know? Like, I I, I don't feel like you can have a co-op looter shooter that doesn't have yeah. some form of join in yeah, progress. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you, uh, you brought up on Redfall that, like, the quest doesn't, like, save and whatever. And I feel like, like, it's only the host, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what they said. It was only, that's what I heard people saying. It was, like, just the host. It only, it only. Play co-op? I just don't remember whether they covered that or not. And I wasn't taking notes because, um, like, the head of the studio did, like, a little speech before we mm. got to play. And I don't remember anything being said about that. But, again, we didn't we didn't play co-op, so... Yeah, I heard that going along on uh, on Twitter during the Discord that people were, were mentioning that, that aspect of it. And I was like, oh, well, that's true. That's shitty. <laughs> Uh, I don't I don't love that either because like even in like Borderlands and stuff like that um you you would get credit for it yeah like the game would be like if say like say you did a mission that was like far ahead of you right you'd get to that mission and would say hey you already did this uh do you want to skip it you yeah. know it got the nice had that like it, not only was it joining progress but you can play. You can play through the story with with a friend. If you want to get carried, you could get carried. And if you want to replay, you can replay it. But you still got credit for it. Yeah, 
I would I would have a little bit of an issue with that as well because like that defeats the purpose. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because at that point, okay, well, you're just you're not you're doing, you're just going to be playing that solo then because it's like why? <laughs> well, there's no incentive to play with anybody in that. So what is it? Is PvP? You still get stuff though. Like you're still getting gear, and you're just not progressing your story. Technically, right? I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know that. Like, I, I don't. I didn't look into it. I just saw they were complaining specifically about your progress does not carry over if if you do co-op story. It's only the host. Yeah, but you must. You must like your XP must count and your your loot must count. Like, I, there's no way. You, I, I would think there's. I'd have to do. I have to look at. I, I would hope so. Because <laughs> if not, oh Jesus. Yeah, De- delay delay this shit, bro. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a very bad idea. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I'm. You're a creator, Jay. You should know everything about this game. But like, I mean, I I only know what they tell us, you know. And that's I your, mean, I that's true. Like, yeah, like the one guy they were com- coming out on Twitter. He said like they didn't. He asked about console, and they straight up told him, "Yeah, we're not talking about that today." And what what can you do? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like it was, yeah. I mean, but when you're at these things, it's like, you know, you 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 think that you know how you would handle the situation until you're there, you know. Yeah. And it you, you're kind of trying to do everything you can, and sure you have questions, but like we were there for two hours, and then like I had to go straight to the airport, so you know. Like what am I? What am I supposed to do? For for the for the boomers in the chat, not Eastwood, obviously he obviously knows all this. But uh, when I, I'm referring to Fidelity, I'm talking about the the uh, graph the graphical uh, appearance of a game. You know how how clear how clear everything is the the detail every everything that that's uh when they're talking about Fidelity mode, they're talking about where the, where all the where the features like ray tracing are essential are emphasized at the expense of performance. So the game will look the game will look a bit prettier, but you won't get that 60 FPS. That that's that tends to be the trade-off. I I always go performance mode because to me the the difference between the fidelity and, and the performance it's graphically to me it does it, it's never worth the trade-off to me. So I just go I just always go for but I like how Insomniac had a kind of a dual uh, mode for that with a Rift Apart, which is so far to me the best looking uh, current gen game so far. And they had kind of a, a hybrid performance and fidelity mode, and the game <laughs> looked fucking amazing. Oh, that's why, one of the reasons people are so pumped for Spider-Man too, because yeah, Ratchet and Clank just like. I mean, if they could do that with Ratchet Clank. Uh, imagine how Spider-Man Two is going to look on PS5 <laughs> with with them with them cooking up exclusively on there. Because you know, Miles Morales looked amazing, and that was developed on for PS4. So, yeah, I, I I agree. I and and like I said, I I think that's the great thing for PlayStation about their exclusive games is that because they are developed straight for that system they end up just looking amazing and like that's why i have a playstation 5 you know um i I, but like i just 
I don't know, man. I really just I'm I'm I hope Redfall. I'm rooting for Redfall mainly not because I care about L box, but because uh, Cami is awesome, <laughs> and I want and yeah. I and I want and I want Bethesda to do well for her sake, and Johnny Rocker yeah. is doing is doing some some uh content. He's excited for that, so I I would I would hate it if uh, Johnny Rocker became a featured creator for another failed live service game. <laughs> I can't I mean, can't catch a break. There, yeah, there's his exclusive Redfall ticket. Special, uh, it's like metal. So very, yeah. very, very like really cool thing. Very, very fancy. I, I did not get an invite though. I did not want one because you know, I, I don't have an L box. <laughs> I'm not gonna be Redfall. Well, it's funny. I um, I, I had an opportunity, but it, it looks like it, it's up in the air at this point. What's gonna happen? But if you had a powerful PC, you might have been able to do a, a co-op stream with me. Fortunately, I do not. <laughs> yeah, I knew, I knew you didn't. Yeah. So I I ended up asking uh, Bob Duck and Weave, but then I found out that uh, it was going to be a launch day thing. So whatever. L. <laughs> so so uh, I think I think we can wrap it up for this week. Hopefully, uh, we'll have Casual back with us at some point and. There's no other catastrophe in gaming. <laughs> like if, like, if, like if next week uh, we're we're talking about an Insomniac Spider-Man delay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be crying on stream. Full, <laughs> full, full disclosure. <laughs> so ho- hopefully it doesn't it doesn't come to that, and we're we're done. <laughs> we have some we have good news going forward. <laughs> yeah. Uh, appreciate everyone yeah. as usual. Exactly. Uh, Capte, Bluetooth. Uh, Jedi Mind Tricks, appreciate the gift, the gifties, uh, every everybody, appreciate the continued support for these uh, podcasts. Eventually, eventually, I'm going to start getting up these shorts too because I want to start growing a channel, and I think we got some good material out of the this show in particular. So <laughs> I'm going to. I want everybody to look at Thor uh, aggressively licking his butt. Uh, Thor, we, we can kind of see him. Oh, there he is. Oh, there's the best boy. Uh, make sure you go pick up your J Shock Blast plushie! Exclamation mark Thor! Support the homie J Shock Blast. I got mine already, and once it arrives, I'm gonna proudly display it in my home office. It go it's going to a good cause. Uh, Jay's mother really should have one, <laughs> and uh, it'd just be nice to for Jay just to get give the man a dub. And who who doesn't love Thor? Thor is awesome. Thor is the best. So. <laughs> I don't want donations. It was four grand for his uh, hospital stay, so uh, I'm not starting any GoFundMe. Just go buy me, go buy a plushie. Buy a plushie. Not make off it, you know. I'm, I'm more than happy to. Just I just want them to get made, you know. And I'll and I'll post uh, just in case. I'll post the uh, link again for every for everybody because. I am one of the people who supports uh, Mr. Shock Blast, and, <laughs> and it look it looks good. It's a great quality. So, yeah, I'm 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 thrilled with it, and I I know that like uh, we're having, I was having this conversation with my my mother in law tonight. I was like, you know, I get it. It's thirty bucks. Not everybody loves plushies. But I don't know, man. I just kind of felt like people would be like, oh, that's a cool thing for somebody that I like. So I I, I want to have one, you know? 
and I and I I like Jay Shockblast. I do not hate him, so I definitely made sure. Really the nicest thing I got one, so you can have one too. You will not you will not regret it. And I will will hopefully by next week we'll have uh, two hundred of them bad boys sold. Uh, you should definitely do some uh, YouTube shorts to to uh, drive that home. I'm yeah. I'm stuck. Sure. I'm stuck. The gamer. I'm Jay Thorblast. I'm Casual Avenger. Deep dish. Zip it up yeah. and zip it out. <laughs>